recorded that a long fucking time ago. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Welcome to 2024, people. I'm Devin. I'm Trey. Uh, and I'm Austin. Hello. Uh, I'm glad you went ahead and did it because I was going to say, introduce yourself, please. Yeah. I don't like to introduce on behalf of people because I like to hear how they describe what they do because sometimes people say stuff that I'm not expecting. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Austin. Uh, you know, I guess we talk about audio stuff here. So uh, I make house music, like lo-fi house music under the name Pedal Days. Uh, I also work as an audio tech on sports broadcasts. So yeah, I like I like I like the microphones and the XLR cables and all that stuff. It's kind of my jam. <laughs> right on. You're in good company. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the sports broadcast bar, is that relatively new? Uh four years. I've been doing it okay. four years. Yeah. Um it's an interesting uh way I got into it. I went to well, I played in a band in high school, right? So I got like a little bit of tech knowledge, like barely anything. But I, I you know, I learned how to run a mixer and like put it through PA speakers. Right. I went to college for business. Did nothing for two years and then basically got a panic attack once it was finally time to pick a major. Uh, so what I ended up doing, like in my, you know, just high as shit in college, like just baked out of my mind. I, I found out that I could volunteer at a local venue uh, just to get like my hands dirty. So I took like a general business major because I figured it would be the easiest thing. And then just started getting my hands dirty. And like, you know, I was there like once a week. And then the guy who ran the place took a liking to me. And he hired me. So then I was doing all kinds of odd jobs, like, you know, uh, roading for a band locally, you doing wanna, lighting in a church. You want to shout out the venue? Or uh, yeah. So it was called Venue 578. And the guy's name was Gary Garrison. Gary, if you know, yeah, I love name. that guy. He's 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 so great, man. He, yeah, he's Gary. he's gotten so many of us our start. And he's just, you know, a, a, he's good people. Uh, the venue is now called Vanguard. I think if anyone knows about it, they would refer to it as Vanguard. It used to be called Firestone. I know of the Vanguard. Yep, that's in it. Orlando. Orlando. Yep, in Orlando. Yep, that's it. Seriously? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's you sick. Know, it took a hell of a renovation before it became Vanguard. Okay. Like it, it's bad, different now. I, I've seen Sorry. pictures. Uh, it used to be super, super cool, man. It was. Um, I think now it's like one big stage. Uh, what it used to be was like four stages uh, specifically for the Thursday EDM nights. That, okay. that, those were the nights that I would go and volunteer and, you know, plug in CDJs and just like talk to Gary and like, you know, I would hang out with a bunch of kids from Full Sail because everyone there was volunteering from Full Sail. They needed, yeah, of course, they needed volunteer hours. Um, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, please let me work. Like, let me just get my hands on some sound equipment because I, I just need to figure something out. Yeah. Um, so where am I going with this? Um, so yeah, so on, on the, on the Thursdays, they had an EDM night. There was a main stage with the main stage stuff, a lot of main stage esque music on there, you know, whatever, what, what have you mainstream. It was, yeah. It was kind of a roll of the dice, but whatever was on main, main stage, there was a side room, which was like, uh, we called it like the basement. Um, and it was just like really high ceilings, like chandeliers, really compact. And that was just like heavy bass music. So that was like one of the more popular rooms. And then outside was a patio with another DJ set up, kind of like minimal house uh, vibes out there usually. And then upstairs was like a lounge with like only house music. Mm. So you had like all these different vibes going on at once. That's it cool. was so sick. Like, that was really yeah. cool. You know, we do really the cool. setup for a couple hours and then all of us who were volunteering, basically nothing ever went wrong. So we're just on standby. So yeah, you just like walk around and find a vibe and just like chill. And like, it was so sick. I know the Vanguard because I went and that's where I saw Deadmau5 live. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good time. I I saw him at a Imagine a long time ago. It was it, it was super cool. But f fuck Imagine Festival, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I dude, it's in the middle of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Not the place to take acid. It's just not the vibe, dude. In the middle it, of a speedway? It, yeah, the Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's where they or that's where they held it. At least I assume they're still doing it like that. I don't really know though. I don't really keep up with it. Is that like 
is that like a symmetrical like NASCAR type track it's or a NASCAR is that... track? Yes, okay, sir. okay, yep, yeah, and you're in the middle of the NASCAR track. That's crazy. It's 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 a weird vibe, and the thing that really it's threw like me off, fun, honestly. Yeah, maybe not for an EDM festival. Yeah, it's like like a rock concert, absolutely. Right, a rock festival or something. Hmm. It's like then you go camp outside and you're like in like a NASCAR parking lot, and it's like in the forest, like Okanobi. You're not near trees. You're not near nature, and like everyone's strung out on fucking psychedelics. So it's like (laughs) it's a weird spot. And the one thing that I fucking hate that festival for is like we're walking away from a stage, and um, me and the girl I'm dating at the time, we're you know we're both cracked on whatever the fuck. And as you do, <laughs> and we're just walking away from the stage and we hear a motorcycle start. We look to our right and there's a fucking ball of death. You guys know what that is? I don't. It's the big page ball oh, or sphere. Yes. And someone What's starts the motorcycle. Oh, my God. And starts riding around it. And we're not watching this because oh, we're entertained. Yeah. We're watching this because we're horrified. Oh, we are absolutely <laughs> horrified. And then another motorcycle gets in there. And before you know it, you know, we're standing there for five minutes, just like not even conscious, watching four people. Do the fucking, I mean, it's impressive. Bro, you, know, you gotta give sick. them their flowers. Yeah, it dude. is pretty sick. But when you're like on two tabs or whatever the fuck at a festival, yeah. we're watching this and I'm literally the whole time just thinking, I'm gonna see someone die. I'm gonna see someone die. So mm-hmm. one of these guys is gonna die. I, okay. I'd be, and eventually, yeah, we're like, yeah, that'll do it. we like come to and we look at each other like, let's just walk away from this. Like, let's get away from like. I know exactly the feeling you're describing because that I'm gonna watch someone die feeling. I get that just if I walk in public tripping, period. <laughs> <laughs> if, I go, if I go anywhere, I'm just yeah. like, I mean, yeah, maybe next I'm gonna time. die or I'm gonna watch someone. One time, I was me and my buddies were tripping, and I won't name them because I don't think they would want me to tell this, include them in the story. But um, we took it at, like at a very late time, like later than normal. It was like one or two a.m. when we first took it, and we didn't like peak until like four, three or four. And we were at a friend's house, and I'm gonna shorten, condense this, get to the scary part. We were driving around uh, my. Uh, buddy's car was we were driving to um somewhere to go by the water that's what i'll say and uh the drive there was at like peak early traffic times uh and his car was manual and it was older and it also had like a turbo or something so every time he would shift to go like crazy and it was all cramped and shit and like every weaving through traffic and he was like i took way more than they did i took like more like double than what they did uh combined i think <laughs> <laughs> and That's so I I was tweaking way more than they were, but and I trust homie to drive. Like I trust his driving pretty strongly. But still in that state, I felt like we were gonna crash into like up another planet or something. Oh man. Like I was like <laughs> like I was I was freaking out. Uh yeah, so not so we don't get too derailed. I I think yeah, I was right. a, No, you're good. That was fun. Um I think we were at Vanguard. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I worked that there was for a while. First- First thing? Yeah, first sound gig, more or less. Uh, First sound gig was really just like working for Gary, doing like odd jobs and whatnot. I I learned a lot working for this band. There was a band called My Generation in Orlando. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. Interesting. It was a bunch of like, uh, you know, like middle-aged guys, and they did um, like cover bands from, um, you know, like the 80s kind of vibe. And uh, they were always playing. They would do like two nights. So I'd pick up their trailer right off I-4. I mean, if anyone knows about I-4, you know what I'm going to say about I-4. It's the worst highway in fucking America. (laughs) It is so disgusting. It should be illegal. But they, they can't do construction on it because if they shut down I-4, Orlando breaks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a mess. Anyway, um, so I pick up their trailer with thousands and thousands of dollars of sound equipment on my trailer. I was like the perfect roadie for them because I have an F-150. So I could pick up their trailer, drive it to the place, and then, you know, set up a bunch of stuff, whatever. All right, cool. So, yeah, I would pick up their trailer and have to get on I-4 
at like 7.30 in the morning on a Friday. And dude, oh my God, I was petrified every single time. No music, right lane, 10 and 2 on the wheel. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. We're going slow, I, going slow. I'm not yep. changing lanes. I don't give a fuck. Like we're just going straight. And when you're on I-4, you're not even going straight. You're It's ridiculous. So yeah, that, that was a cool gig. Um, yeah, just to kind of wrap up the story. Um, I moved out of Orlando. I came back to Stuart. Moved in with my parents. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're you're, you're doing sound in Stuart? Like, good luck, kid. Like, go get a job. So I, like, kind of just camped at it their was place. a job, Mom. It, it was, but Not here. I just I, <laughs> I couldn't stand Orlando anymore, so I had to get out of there. It was, it was five years. I was done with it. Orlando um, and Miami, I hate. Yeah, I cannot stand my... Oh, oh, I could bitch about Miami for this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so I ended up... It's a, This story's cool. Um, I was going to bed one time at my parents' house, and I'm like, dude, like... Tomorrow, I just have to go find a job. I'm going to go apply to restaurants. Like, I just, I, I got to do something. Like, I'm I'm just being a loser right now. So I wake up that morning and my friend hits me up and he's like, yo, dude, you want to go to a Kato's Bridge and have a good fucking day today? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I go to Kato's and he hits up his friend, uh, JT, and his girlfriend at the time, Caitlin. Um, so they come and hang out with us. And, you know, I'm just talking to JT. I'm like, yeah, what do you do, man? And he's like, oh, I do like audio for sports broadcasts. And I literally like my jaw probably dropped out. I literally said to him straight up so awkward. I was like, dude, can you get me a job? And he was like, I mean, yeah, kind of like, like, I was like, I'll work for you for free. I don't care, dude. Like, I just, I need something. And like, that sounds really cool. And if, you know, he lives in Jupiter, so it's like, we're local. Mm. Uh, he brought me out to the Astro Spring training field in West Palm uh, a couple of times. And I just worked for free for him and like learned the ropes and before I knew it, like maybe a month, maybe two months later, uh, they hired me on that show and I've been doing it ever since. That's fucking so cool. That's that kind of how the story goes. A lot, a lot of working for free. I, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to work for free, like in college. Um, I didn't have to do like, I didn't really have to make money. My shit was kind of paid for, which is like mad fortunate. So I took that opportunity to work for free. And then when I was living with my parents, again, in a fortunate position where I can like, I told them like, listen, let me just like fucking do this shadowing and volunteering and let me see if I can make this happen because this is like too good of an opportunity mm -hmm. to pass up. And they were like, yeah, you know, do what you want. Like you got a place to stay. So yeah, uh, if, 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 if you can manage it, like find a cool job and work for free, like you, it, it'll, it'll take you somewhere. Well, sure. in those situations uh, where you were kind of like volunteering and or working for free with those people, since you since it was going somewhere and you were kind of like gaining an education, very valuable experience, what it's because uh, it sounds more to me like you just picked up like a series of apprenticeships. Yeah, more, you know, more less, so yeah. than like work, because that is like a very valid thing, like a very valid phenomenon of working for free, especially in audio. Yeah, trust me, Devin and I. We know. <laughs> yeah. It's, you it's know, unfortunate and so, when you get forced into that. Um, yeah. If it's like something that you choose to do, it, it's cool. But yeah, I, I it, it's just a, it's just an obstacle. It's a challenge to overcome and to navigate in this day and age where like I I I like the idea of apprenticeships or internships and whatever on yeah. paper, but sometimes you need to make money. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a map, map man. Sometimes you yeah. need to make money. Well, and, and sometimes you get taken advantage of by people who just exactly. who just keep taking yeah. your free labor. You know, it really bo yeah. boils down to the mentor, you know, and yeah. their intent in you know providing you with this knowledge, whether they want to use you as a tool to their own ends or they want to actually prepare you to be a functioning member of whatever. Yeah, I grade. got I got kind of screwed doing it once. I think it was a uh, post COVID. Uh, COVID totally fucked up my you know sports broadcasting yeah, thing. Understandable. And I was uh, at a little show in Jensen. And it was a guy running live sound, and I was just so desperate for work. I go up to him I'm like, dude, like 
you know, uh, do you need any like roadies or anything? Like, you know, I know how to wrap cables and I know how to like yeah. do all this stuff. Like <laughs> over under, like, bro. I know dude over under is my <laughs> fucking Bible. Um, anyway, uh, he was like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I, I run a lot of like open mics and like live sound things and I have two setups. Uh, and honestly I have more work than I know what to do with. So if I could train you up and have you be able to do this stuff. I could like send you out and give you a cut. And you do it yourself. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. He's like, cool. Yeah. Come to this open mic. So we love to see. Dude, yes, sir. Well, I thought. Um, uh, he was like, come uh, to this open mic. I'll oh, yeah, you get go- you trained up how your- to run an X32. And, <laughs> I forgot yeah. you are going somewhere negative. With- so, yeah, dude, <laughs> I went to this open mic in Fort 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 Pierce, I think. Like, right, right. It was your first red flag. Near right, the, <laughs> right near right near the uh, inlet. And I probably ran it with him like 10 fucking times, bro. And he would throw me like a 20 maybe, which is fine. I didn't, I didn't really care about the money. He was kind of just giving me gas money maybe like... He would like buy like me a plate of chicken fingers or something, which is cool. And it was fun. And I got to learn like a little bit of live mixing, which is kind of its own thing. I, I'm still not good at that. Um, anyway, it just got to a point where like I just stopped going, bro, because it was like like 10 times in or something. And I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, is this going to go anywhere? And he's like, yeah, yeah, because it's sort, sort of kind of like false promise in a way. What, what was what was the idea of where it was supposed to go? Uh, yeah, so I was supposed to be able to like run an open mic for him without him being okay, there, okay. right? Because mm-hmm. he had more gigs than he apparently knew what to do with, but it just kind of didn't go anywhere. You know, it just kind of fizzled out. Just like like anything mm-hmm. in like real life, it just kind of didn't, yeah. it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, so that, that was a bummer. And uh, the, the COVID struggle continued. Yeah, I want to interject a little bit and I want to get back to your work path in a second but sure. you brought up covid what was what was different during covid like, uh just yeah my whole work schedule that that was really tough uh covid was one year into me doing sports broadcasting mm-hmm. we just came back around a year later to spring training and they put me on the package which is so huge like your first year in the business to get a package which means like you have like you know these 10 games on these dates and you kind of get them all at once okay is like nice so fat like i, I barely awesome. even get packages at this point i'm four years in um, so to have that was like so sick. We got one game in. We did one game. I think it got rained out and I still got paid for it, which was like so sick because like within 24 hours, it's like they still pay the broadcast crew. So I'm like stoked. So then like game two is in like four days and then like March, whatever the fuck hit. And I remember hitting up JT. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like what's going to happen? And he's like, Austin, I have no fucking clue what's going on, bro. And then that shit just like got kicked to the curb, and then I had to get put back on the fucking spring training thing. And Damn. Yeah. At so least then, you got that nice free one in. So, yeah. Right. So yeah. then there was like a year and a half of like working in bars, bar backing, working for my dad at a semi truck shop, like just making it happen. You know what I mean? But what happened to once you're excluded from it? What happened to that package and the games that were supposed to play? Uh, they eventually. I, I don't. I don't really remember like what was going on in sports during that year because I would never really followed sports. So like uh, in the immediate effect like sports are kind of just like low-key canceled okay i think within a year they kind of started to do bubble stuff which yeah, means nba I'm, was doing weird shit right yeah we're like no fans and they would just put like advertising in yeah. the fucking seats so there Our was that out to people yeah there was people that on going green. on um i don't know how much we want to get into like the shot conversation but i like did not get the shot and i kind of turned down neither work to get to, to to avoid that and that dude me and my dad used to argue every fucking day he's like dude just get the fucking shot and get to work and i'm like no i'm not doing it mm-hmm. um and eventually stuff started to like kind of chill out. But my big thing with the shot was like, I'm like, if I get the shot and then I get implemented with these companies that are like um, obliging by like, you have to have a shot. Um, then in like six months, I feel like they're going to be like, hey, you need to get a second shot now. And sure fucking enough, bro. Yeah, I got that's these, exactly what happened. Yeah, I got these emails from this company called Roz. Good, good people. You know, they're, they're a huge company. I think it's ESPN making them 
do this stuff. So, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah, really okay. not their fault, whatever. Companies. But yeah, you see get emails from them all the time, like, hey, here's the gig, here's the position we need, here's the date. Uh, also at the bottom, you have to have a COVID shot. And then six months later, it was like, you have to have a COVID shot and one booster. And I was like, I fucking called it. I mean, I'm not a fucking, if, you know, clairvoyant, but I, I'm grateful that I was not in a position where anybody uh, where I was forced or put into a corner or asked to to, to do that. Yeah. But if I was, I'm not shy in saying I would just fake it. I would like get a forged. I like, tried thing. to. Easy. I really tried yeah. to. I, I, I knew a lot of people. I knew someone. Them. I knew someone who advertised that they were making them. Yeah. And especially since, it, especially since it would only have to be effective for like a year and a half. Because here we are in 2024. Nobody yeah. gives a shit anymore. It's already now. completely been forgotten from the public yeah. zeitgeist, and so it's like. Okay, I, yeah. had to, I had to commit a, a tiny little fraud for like a year. Oops! Don't you remember right. Ukraine canceled canceled the COVID? <laughs> Is that how it works? True. That's, oh, yeah, the, that's, right. that's when it happened. That's when it. That's, yeah. I, it. It was a running joke in general. Just like when that war broke out, we're not going to get too deep into this. When when that war broke out, everybody just like was so shocked about modern countries going to war when it like never, not never, but it hasn't really been happening much. In like the last, you know, our time, kind of our lifetimes. Yeah. And so when they see that, they're like, oh, it just, people just forgot. Like people were just like, yeah, yeah COVID just like, uh, we got, whatever. We got something else to put in the news. Yeah. So whatever yeah. was happening isn't happening anymore. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Who would win the octagon? Uh, <laughs> Zelensky. <laughs> I think Putin was that would be a rocket fight. Yeah, right? <laughs> like all jokes aside, damn, that would probably be sick. Putin, Putin would probably rock his shit unless he's actually sick, like people say he is. There's rumors. No idea. Um. So after the Vanguard, Vanguard is it Vanguard or the Vanguard? Uh, I think it's the Vanguard, but I don't think anyone's going to crucify you for yeah, saying well, the wrong yeah. one. So after Vanguard, um. We derailed the story, so... Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I pretty much... Pretty made, much yeah, we got into four it years. Was, it was back to Stuart, and then it was, like, a little bit of, like, a year of sports broadcasting, and then COVID, and COVID. fucking more shit. And, and then, then oh, was, yeah, so how's the recovery been? Of uh, it was COVID? slow, but it it, it happened. Uh, yeah. Something that I got myself into was... um, So, a little background on my job. Uh, there's... In the audio spectrum of the uh, live sports broadcast... There is an A1 and an A2 traditionally. The A1 is in the production truck mixing the show. All the audio feeds come to him, and he's responsible for everything you hear on the broadcast. Music, uh, fucking uh, court sounds or whatever, broadcast uh, announcers. Damn, how many channels is that? It's it's a good amount. I mean, you know, it depends on the show, dude. It mm. could be anywhere from, like, you know, a good, like, 10 channels of audio to... I can't even give you a number of channels of audio. Okay. You feel me? Uh, but what you're also responsible for is like all the communications in the truck. Cause it's like everyone in the truck replay, uh, director, producer, this guy, that guy, whoever the fuck, everyone has like a panel where they can talk and listen to everyone. Okay. And then all the people at a camera have a headset and they're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like little belt pack, little comms things that tie into that system mm -hmm. out in the field for different positions. And that all ties into it. And it goes through this software called AZ edit, which is the bane of my fucking existence. That shit is so scary, dude. I just, what is that? It is a system for controlling all the yeah. comms. And it's just gnarly, dude. It's not user friendly at all. <laughs> and uh, like everyone who has been using it for much years, like it's not that bad once you get into it. But like it's just it's hard to break into. Mm. It's like looking for, at Ableton for the first time. You know what I mean? You're just like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I got. So you've done it professionally, but I. Uh, so I'm not trying to directly compare because it's different. But I got a little taste of 
doing in booth like broadcast stuff in high school because my school i was in video production and we actually had like a studio and it was older gear but it was still like still production like standard stuff um and so we would broadcast live doing the news for the school nice like it wasn't just pre-recorded or whatever it was every single day second period gets to broadcast the news and they over the loudspeakers in the school uh, they would live stream it um, to like TVs in the classroom? Yeah, to a uh, projector. Yeah, there was a website that they would stream to. Oh, that's Everybody so cool. just taps in. And, huh. and you did it live. That's Yeah. That's interesting. They would do it live. Everything was done live. The control room was doing everything. Graphics, teleprompter. Yeah, that's so sick. There was yeah. a director, two camera operators, oh. um, two anchors in fr- on a, at a desk on front of a green screen. Um, it was legit. Yeah, that's super cool. That yeah, was really fun. Uh, I went to Jensen Beach and they had that too. They had TV Pro. Shout out to mm-hmm. Mr. Hines. What a legend. And messing around on the comms was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we're, we're doing that on, yeah. you know, professional broadcasts too. I'm not on like the super big shit, but yeah, it's it's almost always just a bunch of shit talking. Yeah. <laughs> I had one where I was on, uh, I was actually, this is a big broadcast. It was Messi's first game. I was up in the booth. Oh, damn. And my A1 for that was this guy, Dave. Dave he, Dave is fucking great people. Like he played for again? Uh, Miami uh, FC. Miami, Miami, it's Miami FC, right? Okay, yeah. Because anyway, that, I knew he came to America, but I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went right to Miami, played a couple games, and then like hasn't played at all apparently. Oh. Or something. I don't know. I don't really keep up with it that much. But anyway, uh, I actually it wasn't his first game. It, it was later. I was there for his first game, but it was like a later game in the season. I think it was like some like tournament they were playing in or championship game or whatever. I don't follow soccer enough to really answer that. Anyway, uh, the comms thing, uh, my A1 was this guy, Dave, and he's, he's such, he's the fucking man. I I love this guy, but he's such a bastard at the same time. You know what I mean? (laughs) And like, he's like on the comms and everything's working. So we're just like bullshitting. So it's like, there's an A2 on the field. There's an A2 in the booth. And then there's Dave and we're all on like the same comms channel wearing the headsets or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, we're just like fucking with each other the whole time. And like, anytime anyone gets Dave with any joke, he just like puts his microphone back into the speaker and puts a bunch of feedback in our fucking ears. That makes it like super loud. <laughs> or he like puts a microphone in his mouth and just like blows into it. That's and, like, so like to get him back, I was, you know, Messi wasn't playing that game. And I'm like, yo, uh, Dave, uh, I just read online that Messi isn't playing because he got Ligma. And then, <laughs> no, no, no. He goes, Ligma, what the fuck is that? I was like, yeah, Ligma fucking balls. He's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. I, I could fucking, yeah, I bet I could lick your fucking balls, but no one's done that for you in a fucking year. Piece of shit. He went off, so it was so funny. No way. And then, like, yeah, like another, like halfway through the game, uh, he was fucking with us again. So I was like, yo, yo, Dave, on the real, uh, the announcers are asking, asking for Candace. Is Candace in the truck? Do you know her? And he goes, what Kansas? I was like, no, Candace dick fit in your mouth. He's like, you piece of shit. Yeah, of course it can. It's so fucking small. You piece of- well, oh my god. This is like major broadcast shit. Bro, that's hilarious. But, uh, you know what's so funny? I was just about to ask one of the questions I want to ask about this is like what the kind of people were that you often work with yeah. in this like field. It sounds very it's similar. Similar to what we've experienced. Yeah, it seems like a very like a sister trade to running like live audio at a yeah, concert. It's venue. always good people in TV. I swear, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you run into the oddball, like jackass, whatever it happens. It definitely happens. But it's like, we're talking like one out of, for my experience, like one out of every 25, 30 people I meet. I'm like, mm. I don't really know about this guy, but most people are like, they're so nice. People are generally very happy to be there. And the thing is, even if you work with someone a lot, you don't see them all the time, right? right. So it's yeah. like, you can have coworkers that you're cool with, but it's just like, you see them every day. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can only be such good friends. You're just kind of sick of each other. But it's like, if we see each other once, maybe twice a week, 
maybe more, maybe less. It's like, you know, we're, we, we're chilling. We have stuff to talk about if we need to, like there's new stuff going on, whatever. So yeah, I mean the t TV people are like one of the, the best parts about it. I think there's two main types of people you got to work, look out for. And it's those who are just stuck up assholes in general. And then who take things way overly seriously. Uh, and then the people who are just too dumb and should not be in that job or that field at all. Yeah, I've seen that. A That's couple the two times. worst things. I'm no aficionado, but I. No, but you know, there are people who just can't think critically about anything. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And oh my God. There's this one. Or lady, logically. Because I guess there's a lot more. Logic, there's this one but, person doing a job called utility and utility is essentially just like hands. You're basically just hands. Like if heavy stuff needs to be carried, that's utility. Okay. You should be able to wrap cables really well. You're you're basically just hands. You're like slightly more educated hands. But it, if you can over under a cable, uh, you could utility successfully, right? Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I'm not gonna say any names. So this is one lady who's just like clearly developing like early onset dementia or something, and it, it it's insane, bro. Like how she keeps getting hired because she like actively like slows everything down. It's nuts. It's like if any if if you're like. Hey, what uh does A plus B equal C here? It should be like, oh, uh, I think so. I think I think Devin told me that C is D and F is G, and you're just like, got any information that goes through your head, just it's it's not reliable. It's like it's almost more complicated. It's like now I gotta go straight to Devin and ask him like directly, even though you should kind of know this, like, oh, it's 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 gnarly. And that that happens, but it, it it's rare. Um, but it's interesting because usually the if people you wanted, hiring, if you wanted to encrypt any information, you just give it to her. Yeah, dude, but no, it literally, it's like her brain. Yeah, exactly. It's like encryption. That's so funny. That's really what it is, dude. It, it's gnarly. And then she'll like ask you, like, I'm on the audio team, so any camera cable is just like not my job. Yeah, it's just I'll just put it like that. Simply, not my job. And she will ask me so many goddamn questions about like fiber and camera cables, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I don't know, and I'm not supposed to know, and you should know that I don't know. So like, what are we doing here? <laughs> oh That'd be god. very frustrating. Yeah. Oh my god. So hell yeah, TV's I, a hell of a gig. Yeah, it sounds that sounds really fun, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm, sto I'm stoked. I'm I'm gonna be on an NHL game here soon, and that's the only sport I would be excited to work. Uh, everything I was telling you guys before the podcast, like everything else is like sure, whatever. Uh, I don't really want to work bare knuckle, but I'll do it because bare knuckle is the most fucking gnarly shit I've ever seen. It's almost too gnarly. Bare really? knuckle, like bare fighting. knuckle fighting. Oh, yeah. bare bro. knuckle. You don't want to see that, dude. It, the first time, yeah, I wanted to see it, and a lot of people have hyped it up. And then I went to the first one and it's just so gnarly. It's really just that gnarly. And so like, usually I'm like ringside. So it's like, I'm like right there. And dude, these guys are just bloody as shit. People are just knocked out super quick. The rounds are like, I'm, I'm going to guesstimate, but it's like two minute rounds, three rounds. That's it. And like, that's really short, right? Yeah. yeah because people are just out, bro. Yeah, it's yeah. not worth like making it a longer fight. People just go out. Uh, there's a lot of arguments that that bare knuckle is actually like safer in a lot of ways because it's like, single trauma as opposed to repeated trauma. Like if you look at boxing, like you're mm -hmm. taking like shot after shot after shot and after shot after shot. That's and I, I could imagine the argument could be made because heard, I've heard similar arguments for like really old school football that doesn't have padding and helmets and shit because the argument was if you're less protected or you have less re less reason to believe you're protected, you're going to go less, less hard on other people oh, also. Thing. So it yeah. kind of, I, overall becomes a last oh, who knows Dude, i don't know if, mess. i don't know if that is like i don't know fully you know i don't know yeah but i dude, can understand the argument dude there. you bring up football slightly unpopular opinion dude football is so gnarly too it's so gnarly i didn't realize how many injuries oh, have in football i just dude. didn't know and then like oh yeah this year i started paying attention to it because 
Um, generally with my job, if all the, all the microphones are working during the game, I can just like watch fucking Family Guy on my phone. Like that's just how it works. <laughs> if I don't have anything to do, clip. I can just scroll through my phone. So I'm almost never watching the game. And then this past year, I just started watching more games. Just I don't know why. I just did. Mm. Um, so you know, I work a lot of FAU football, and I just started to realize I was like, I used to think like, oh, I saw someone get injured. I was like, damn, like that happened this game. And then I realized like, no, someone gets carted off every game. Every goddamn game. And then I watched like NFL because the Dolphins were good this year. So I was watching a bunch with my dad. Someone's getting carted off like every game. Man, you were that. talking about FAU football. You want to talk about <laughs> all these college football players who up until like very recently were getting concussed and carted off for free for the longest <laughs> yeah. time? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, are, like, is it not free anymore? What do you mean? No, like, well, they you oh, college, that, college right, they players, paid. yeah, yeah. Are they getting paid now or something? Is that they, the thing? I think they're able to monetize their image, like their. I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. Like, I don't know the exact yeah. legal wording, but right. along the lines of the same way that professional athletes can um, take brand deals and sponsorship right. and all these stuff. Yeah, because the school's selling their jerseys. Yeah, so it's like right. Exactly. Dude, like at least the school's yeah. making money off the the school's making way more money off them than the cost. Of covering their tuition or whatever. Oh, 100%. Guarantee. Oh, my 100%. God. Like 100x, if not more. So they deserve to be able to monetize. Yeah, so that that's super gnarly. I got an argument with someone not too long ago. Uh, they were fidgeting. like... I'm realizing I'm fidgeting so much with all my stuff here. <laughs> I need to chill. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, I got in a conversation with someone recently. Uh, the The question was, who? what has more injuries, NHL or NFL? They're like, Yo, NHL. I'm like, you're fucking tripping, bro. You're yeah. tripping. Yeah. NHL, yeah, they, they get hurt. And they probably tough it out a bunch, but there's five people on that ice at a time. Although, well, so I have no experience with hockey, because, but uh, I I did play football. Um, I quit before I like I played right up until high school, okay. and I stopped when entering high school because of the level of injuries and yeah. how just overall violent the sport is. Not that I'm against it, but I just wanted to yeah, preserve my brain. I wanted to preserve my brain. Yeah, I was going to high school and like, I just kind of, my, my, the way my thinking of it was at high school and beyond that skill level and just age and everything, you have to really want that as your part of your life path to like continue past high school i think or into yeah. high school you gotta be like and i was like i was like i liked the sport when i played but i did not want it like that was not gonna be part of my life like in my adult life so i was like i'm done um but the one thing that definitely freaks me out in comparison is that recent uh last year that death from the the blade slice oh, in the right. guy's that did throat happen. dude was that last year oh well, yeah last, last year we're in january yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was I do that, that that was actually like happened. bled out and collapsed on the on the ice. Yes. It looked, if I remember correctly, and uh, you know, don't take I'm I'm just a guy. Don't uh, this is not like what actually happened, but like, attention but needed. correctly, it looked <laughs> he is not Mr. Of, NHL. It looked kind of intentional. The guy I've it, heard that argument. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Because yeah. it so, looked it just dude, I I watched it a long time ago, but it, it just his motion. Again, if I remember correctly, what looked a little unnatural. It looked yeah. kind of like intentional. You know what so I mean? I, it's kind so, of like that situation with the guy who just like tripped and dropped a weight on that one guy at the gym. You know the video? Oh, yeah. Fuck are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this video. I think I've seen that. It was a security video of this guy who you just see like carrying a weight or something. And he's just walking on a floor with nothing on it. And there's this dude like, you know, doing no. bed press or whatever. And he just at some point just like, Oops, and just fucking falls on this guy and causes him to drop the weight on him and almost kills the dude. Got off. What the hell? Yeah, took it to court. Accident. 
Hell no. Oh, no. Yeah. I, so the, the argument that sure. I've heard. I'm pretty sure. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm like 90% cover, sure that that's cover. the case. With, yeah. Cover of cover ass. Um, the argument that I heard from somebody uh, who plays or played uh, hockey was that it seemed intentional or it, at the very least extremely negligent because of sure. the fact that from what they described two kind of two parts to it. And again, I don't play hockey. I have no experience. I'm just repeating what somebody else said. Um, number one, they teach you from a very early age about the danger of the blade and you have to keep it on the ice at all times from like super fundamental thing. It's like as fundamental as keeping your mouth guard in your helmet on in football. Like sure. that's, it's like you can't play without your helmet on. You can't play hockey without your fucking skates on the ice because you're going to kill somebody. It's like super ingrained. And then the second thing was the motion that it took for him to swing his leg in that way doesn't correspond with any like normal movement. Yeah, it looks unnatural skating right well what was the situation was he like on the ground and the dude like kicked or did he like roundhouse 360 somersault this guy watch this i I think it was like pull that shit up editor like a fucking sweet chin music yeah and you know you know wwe you know sean michael sweet chin music no oh no no no, the fucking he just kicks him in the face like a high kick to the face that's kind of reminiscent of what happened here because i'm pretty sure that leg comes up high I could be wrong. No, f- okay. If he high kick the dude, then what the fuck? I think if I that's the I ho- that's like the hockey I, equivalent of like you know flashing the barrel of your gun at somebody. Yeah, literally. Except they, they he shot the guy. Wait, <laughs> I'm gonna like, go blow my nose in the bathroom because I feel like I'm sniffling on a podcast and I've never heard someone do that. Where do you do that? We're gonna cut this part anyway. Hey, editing Devin. Boy, fuck you too. Yeah, yeah. Look at you, fucking. 4 35 in the morning how do you know it's a fucking, it's a fucking cat how do you know i think this is the video here dude a good cat right, is about go. to come by oh whoa whoa that on. happened quick hang on i gotta see that again oh no this is so gnarly yeah yeah i think you gotta rewind it. i don't think we're gonna see a replay oh my god that pool of it oh my yeah god. yeah that leg did. dude his leg is uh, like at, 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 at head level it got kicked up though it got kicked you up think? by that dude look boom I don't because mm. he was trying so to the swing. Red, he was the guy in red over. He was trying to swing behind that guy, but then instead, but then the momentum of him trying to swing. I don't know if he hit, hit him again. Look hit him again. Oh my god! Oh no, it's not even. Look, look, that dude's behind. He's over there, so he's not even registering that that guy's coming. That, that looks un- tries to sweep around and then just like looks completely unnatural to me, bro. I don't see why in any fashion that leg should be coming up that high. No matter what, I don't think that white guy influences him in that way. It, it, it did a stick through it, maybe that we can't really see. It seemed like whether it was intentional, it seemed like a very white, white guy is in white jersey, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but they're probably all white. It's hockey. This was in uh, Europe, I think, actually. So I don't know. Mm. I don't recall the ethnicity of the players. I didn't really it care. It looks like he was trying to stop himself in the that just happened. Mm. Dude, I think I think you're being incredibly generous. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has to be. Dude. The, I, I don't know what the context is here, right? It, it's hockey. Bro. I know that. So, it, so okay, got now, now the fact that he went back, back and game. gave the umpire a high five after at the at, okay, afterwards. No, that's that's, that's a little that's a little sus. Hold on. Wait, does he huh? Huh? Or is that the same guy? 
Oh no, it was a different guy. Wait, 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 wait. it was. This, I didn't. I didn't see any high <laughs> The dude, like, yeah, you... know, he's helping the trainer onto okay. the ice who has sneakers on. Okay, it, it, but it just looks funny. It looks like the dude's like, yeah, we got him. Oh, Look at he him. He just skates off, too. and then he goes and high fives. Like he's, he's helping her. I know, I know, but it just. Yeah. So what a gnarly really, video, bro! Yeah. That is so depressing. What a sport. So yeah, that can definitely happen in hockey. There's a video um, that's pretty old, I think, of a goalie before they wore these uh, special goalie neck guards who got cut in the neck. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he died, mm. but the video, it's so graphic, dude. He, oh my god, I don't want to talk about, it, but I'll tell you, I've already you know primed it. Uh, he's like going like this, bro, and you just see blood go. Mm. It's so gnarly, and now the goalies all wear like a neck guard for it. Um, yeah, because in hockey, dude, the, the the attackers they're like going at the net and they do their shot, they make it or they miss, and then they just run into the goalie. Yeah, yeah, oh, the game. yeah, they just and it happens all the, all, yeah. all the time, like all mm-hmm. the time. Um, it's it's very similar in football. I mean, you every position you have to be prepared to hit or be hit, <laughs> yeah, no matter what, pretty much, dude. Football you have to just, just be ready. Like, a lot of knees, dude. It's, it's like it's like four hundred pound people. That's something that, that happened don't to me. Think about that really? exactly yeah. happened to me. I've heard about this. Dude, I was so I was like, yeah. um, I moved around a lot as a kid, but one of the leagues that I played on was here in PSL, and it was. Um, oh, wait, sorry to interrupt. Watch the water right there on your laptop. Water. Where? Yeah, I think uh, my drink is oh. condensating a little bit. Um, I, I actually have this as clean as I have my nose on it. All right. Um, so thank- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh. Uh, 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 so on, yeah, in the league I played for, um, I'm trying to remember the like age range that it was, um, doesn't matter, but there was, there's weight limits, right? And if you're above a certain weight, you have to have a red stripe on your helmet and you can only play. Yeah. Cause they, they'll separate, um, that's very interesting, uh, line men from the rest of the positions pretty okay. much so the bigger um, guys are linemen though, for safety it, for safety yeah. you're like kids it makes sense can the bigger guys be linebackers or no it's just linebackers. i don't remember maybe i don't really remember that it's very interesting it makes a lot of sense i i mean a lot of leagues will do certain weight huh. things like don't that. they do stuff like that in nfl though like they'll position people based on their size and stature. Uh, i don't think right? they have rules it's not like a, they can yeah, do, it's but. not like a hard and fast rule like that but it's something you would probably want to do. Out yeah, there. I mean, it, yeah, the bigger guys are general more, linemen. It's I more so it. you happen to be built like that, so you're going to be better at this position anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than you have to because you're weak. I see. I it's see. more like right. It's more like you being built that way is beneficial to this position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess like as a kid you wouldn't know, but as an adult you've probably already figured it out by then. Yeah, that that's what you're. And then built for. when you're kids, I think it's kind of. Partially that, but also the safety part. Yeah. Because like some kids, everybody grows at a different rate. So there's some kids that are going to be really scrawny. Some kids are going to be really big and whatever. And some kids who like either don't know their own strength. Yeah. Or overestimate well, their own. That strength. happened a lot. Yeah. But um, the what happened to me was we had a kid on our team, uh, who was. I'm not making fun of him because I was also like obese and I lost a bunch of weight when I started playing, um, but he was huge. And he was like, I think he was the heaviest kid in the entire league Damn. Um, of the weight class, of that weight class. He was 217 pounds. And I th- I remember that specifically because his nickname, um, no, 213, sorry, because his nickname was... At, big, at what age? Did you say the age? Um, I want to say like 11, 12. Oh, what? Yeah, yes, yeah. 200 pounds and 12 years. He was 213 because his, his nickname was Big Deuce 1-3. Big Deuce one three. Yeah, that is that's hard. Bro. And he's playing football. Yeah, there God. And, and no, those but, parents wanted that kid gone. 
Well, the 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 sad, not sad, but like the ironic part of it is he was like actually took him. He was like a really sweet and kind of like slightly sheltered kid, and so it actually took a long time into like our second season playing together before like the aggressive side of him yeah. kind of mm-hmm. manifested. Oh my God. Like you had to, we had to kind of mold him and, and, and like, for real, like we had to kind of, <laughs> you had to break it out. A little bit. <laughs> we, did. we didn't do nothing crazy to him. We just had yeah. to like show him how to channel like oh my God. aggression. He's like your secret weapon and use it physically for the sport. <laughs> Cause before he was very like soft. Yeah. Wow. Not soft as in like crying or anything. Like he was like uh, tough. Yeah, we know what you mean. But like he wasn't like strong. He wasn't trying to. He didn't know how to throw his weight around. Correct. Right. Yeah. I and that. um, but one one game, I don't know what the play is, but I I, I I'm involved in the dog pile that yeah. happened. Um, maybe I blocked somebody. Maybe I t- I don't know what happened, but I was involved. And as I'm getting up, I'm on my left knee is on the ground, and my right leg is out like this. It's like as I'm getting up, and he falls over right onto my leg. So my leg is at like this, and he falls on my side of my knee. And I felt like a sharp pain and a pop. I was not injured somehow, thank fucking Christ. But it hurt so bad for like a millisecond, like an instant, like like a stab. Like I got stabbed really quick. Bro, I was so like... Maybe it's because, like, I kind of, like, collapsed in as he fell. Yeah. Just, like, anything that happens knee. to your knees, dude. But, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so time. bad. And um, there was a lot of little micro injuries like that involving yeah. him. <laughs> oh, that's scary. He was so, he was tight, though. We would hang out. We would hang out outside of football sometimes. Yeah, sports can be gnarly, dude. But the thing is, like, you know, people don't really get injured in baseball, but baseball is boring as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, I'm, I'm and if I'm being real with y'all, barring you know the occasional somebody getting hurt, so is football. Like I, I think fo- I I'm willing yeah. to say I will die on this Wait, hill. You think football, the- football is boring as fuck? Baseball is even worse. The only golf. sport that golf. <laughs> If you take golf seriously, get a fucking what? What's, oh my god, dude! What's, <laughs> you ever, alienating so much of your right <laughs> now. No, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It balances out because there's other cast members oh, yeah, up here that are really into sports. Okay. Yeah, and our, our, yes, our country club golfer audience. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll give reasoning for my uh, disdain for baseball. Um, I basketball is the only sport that's worse as shit, and I'm not just saying that because I'm half black. I like soccer. <laughs> I think soccer is cool. Soccer, actually, you know what? I take that back. Well, foot. If they weren't for the, if it weren't for it being so common for football players to like fall over and like, yeah, every so they, time like they get touched by somebody, maybe I'll well, take it a little bit more seriously. But basketball, that shit's poetry. I agree. Bro. I'm sorry, I'm gonna like, get back. To sure, I don't want to be real too hard. I agree with what you're saying, like on paper. But part of the reason, and I'm not trying to excuse it, I'm just explaining what's been told to me. It, part of the reason they it's become so common to do that is, is actually part of the strategy of like taking advantage of like refs and like yellow cards and fouls and all that stuff yeah, to get up ahead in the game. Yeah, no, it's I know it's part, it's it's part, part of, of, it's, every it's part of like the meta yeah. game it's of meta. soccer. No, and I, and I get it, but I, get I still it. hate it. I, it's still dumb. It's like, it's a little corny. It's really in every sport, man. So- it, it's, it's, I think it's most prevalent in soccer. I think it would probably be next is basketball, honestly. And think, then, you know, whatever happens. Yeah, about it does happen all the time too in basketball. I think what's what I like, what I think is cool about soccer as often is it has an excellent, balance more than other more more than many of the other mainstream sports have a perfect balance of athleticism and like 
skill. Yeah, I heard an argument that, that, uh, that makes sense. What's it called? Uh, soccer players, professional soccer players, are in the best shape of any athlete. Yeah, and I think it makes. Oh, a lot that's of sense. absolutely. Yeah, not stop running. There is mm-hmm. no half, or there's a half time, but there's no like constant like pauses. It's so like, long. Yeah, and so there's like a couple substitutions. Yeah, couple. Most, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the- most people play the entire game, <laughs> which is like, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so to, to praise the sports a little bit, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, on the baseball thing, uh, I did a pretty cool job where uh, one of my producers who does a lot of, um, you know, sports broadcasts, like doing the broadcast and the truck and stuff, he got a gig doing the in-house for the spring training field for the Astros and the Nationals. Um, if anyone's outside of Florida or Texas, or uh, Florida and Arizona, actually, I think it is, um, all the baseball teams come here during the spring uh, to do what's called spring training, which is like preseason. And so there is like, we're known for the Met Stadium. Yeah, there's like a professional baseball field, like every like 50 miles in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a practice field more or less, and a lot of them share uh, teams. So the one I worked at is in West Palm Beach. Uh, it's called the Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. They have the uh, Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals play at that stadium, and all the different teams travel and they play each other at these like uh, mock stadiums, if you will. So yeah, so um, the year I did this, I, I ran the audio for the in-house, 30 days straight, all month, like 30 wow. games in a row. Like it was like every day, every day, every day. Yep. It was super fun, really cool gig. Um, and funny enough, this is the year that they implemented the pitch clock. So there used to be no clock. You could just sit there and like do your weird little baseball ritual before you throw the ball. Same thing <laughs> with the batter. Like they don't even swing. They take a ball and then they like tighten their gloves and like grab their crotch and then like go back up and then another ball. And then they got to tighten their gloves and grab it. It's very ritualistic. Yeah. So, uh, they implemented a pitch clock this year. So it was like, I think get on with it. Once get pitcher, on with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally once the pitcher gets the ball. I think it's, there's a 15 second clock going. And um, funny enough, I would fuck them up sometimes because I would play the music a little bit too long. And then like the batter would think they had more time. And if it, I think it's like at like seven seconds if the batter's not in the box, he takes a strike. Mm. And like once or twice, bro, I would play the music a little bit too long. Cause I mean, it's music on, music off, music on, music off for the entire game every oh, day for yeah. 30 days. So I fucked it up a couple of times. And I've noticed, I've noticed, I've only been to a couple of like bigger sporting events, um, but I've noticed everything is so like, it's so like, those type of events are, it's every two seconds is like a new thing to draw your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Whether it's the game itself going on or something on the loudspeaker right, or, right, right. or a food vendor or some other weird random yeah, entertainment yeah, that's going on. It's, it's always show. something yeah. every second. Yeah. Anyways. So um, the pitch clock was going on. So these games were somewhere between like a half hour to 45 to maybe even an hour faster than the normal games. Okay. And they were still just absolutely grueling long. And we did one game, which was a uh, world baseball classic game, whatever. It was like the Israeli team versus whatever the fuck team, okay? And that didn't have a pitch clock. Palestinian and, team? No. It was a <laughs> no. That's so funny. Imagine. Imagine, right? What if we could just settle our differences that way? No, no one would care. It'd be so boring. Um, so, uh, yeah, that game, The long story short, it took forever, dude. I was going insane up there. Just like, whatever. But yeah, my, my nickname is with my entire broadcast team or, you know, frequent coworkers is uh, I'm, I'm DJ foul ball because because like, <laughs> every time there's a foul ball, I would play like a little bit of a uh, organ music. That was kind of like one of the things I had to do. So okay. it was like, every time there was a foul ball, no one had to do anything except for me. So the whole fucking little broadcast or the little booth we had up there, be like, Hey, DJ foul ball. And be like, is it just a little synth or keyboard or something Uh, so what i had is um this i had two computers uh one of them has a software called sports sound pro on it which is it's just a triggering 
um, software. You know what I mean? You, you load in what's called buttons and you tie those to MP3s and that's it. And you get a bunch of different pages and you can have like, I mean, a thousand, two thousand buttons going. I'm pretty sure that it's almost it sounds like just the glorified soundboard it's really what it is yeah it, it's the soundboard i use for open yeah <laughs> it's de it's definitely more in depth than like your standard thing but it's not by much you know what i mean and um yeah that's used everywhere man like nice a meme soundboard. yeah it's just it's just buttons you know what i mean you have the different pages and whatever yeah. which means it's probably similar to like most um like lighting software yeah yeah that's what it sounds like thing. yeah yeah buttons and different macros so, and whatever yeah i mean that's all you're doing and it was all organized in a way and i would set it up pre-game because we would get like a script not how the game was going to go but as far as what we were going to do in the inning breaks and stuff like that yeah so i'd set up one page with everything i would need and i would basically just kind of hit like next uh, essentially um and then i had another computer with spotify on it so i could fuck around a little bit mm. but i couldn't play cuss words so whenever that happened i got in trouble but then it definitely happened a lot because like <laughs> that time a team got up it was like 21 to zero not kidding it was 21 to zero which it was like a lot in baseball i think, I think it was like right? the astros like spanked the cardinals actually i don't like, know it's so much in baseball is it that it's sucks. absurd yeah that's... like it was an absurd yeah because one run is one point yeah right so okay. yeah so, so like a normal yeah. baseball game uh, i don't really know but like i'm gonna ballpark it <laughs> yeah um so like it's uh, like, i don't know somewhere but like above six each team will score maybe like above okay. six seven eight nine ten maybe even more it's, okay it's kind of like that area i could be way off i don't know but i'm probably that not. sounds right from my like, from playing wii sports 21 to zero is fucking absurd and when we hit 21, my producer was like, play that fucking Drake song, because that song was big. So I played it, I was like, 21, can we do something? And then the song like goes into the verse, and it's like, I'm fucking bitches, and I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> over the whole stadium, bro. Like, <laughs> then, then you gotta play, like, you gotta play record scratch sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Right. stop the music. This is just some, like, organ shit. Yeah. <laughs> Take me out to the ball. We played that game. every fucking game. Unironically, <laughs> we played that every fucking game. Have you ever played or have you ever done sound for a uh, stadium that actually had an organ player? No, no, no. I haven't. That sounds yeah. fun, though. Uh, it, right? Yeah, because I've just seen like videos here and there of like, apparently there's like a, a small handful of stadiums out really? there that still yeah. have I'm sure like real people I, playing organs. I bet you at least like half of the major league stadiums still have a real organ. Oh, because like baseball teams make money. So like they have the money to do that somehow. kind of stuff, and it's like to have an somehow and like authentic <laughs> organ. Yeah, I, I bet you a lot of the stadiums have it. I, I don't really know, but I bet you they do. Um, yeah, so that was fun, but I just I think baseball is really boring. I don't know. I mean, you know, my my opinion is not like <laughs> really that significant. So sorry to baseball fans or whatever, but um, yeah, I'm I think it's really hard gonna... to. I think there's some sports that are probably. I'm kind of speculating based on just feeling, but I think some sports are easier to keep track of what's going on on tv when they're showing you and mm -hmm. focusing in on things yeah rather than you have to see you can see the whole field because then you could lose a baseball is this fucking little thing so like uh, i actually feel like on the contrary i feel like it's really easy to like get like in-depth shots with baseball because there's kind of just like one thing going on at a time you know well no i'm saying if you're there live though you can see everything at once so it's, right i would i imagine it'd be hard it'd be easy to kind of lose track of like going on what's going on like where you should maintain your focus yeah yes and no it's just slow dude yeah i think that's really the thing um i think that's a big reason why lacrosse didn't really take off um mm. i played a lot of lacrosse when i was uh younger and um i feel like that sport just i mean it's not i don't know how much potential it really had to be like a big sport in america but the thing is you can't really see who has the ball right because it, really it's, it, it, it's in the it's in their net it's yeah. in their stick and like, I feel like that really just kills it for a lot of people. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Uh, so I can see that. that, that, that that's that's part of the thing. Yeah. So yeah, sports is a a, a funny topic, man. I, I'm on sports fields all the time, and I really don't care about anything. But <laughs> to work a hockey game coming up, I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Congrats on like, that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Like to get involved with the Panthers is like a crazy thing. Um, so that that's gonna be really really cool. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's ironic. I'll, my entire family's super into sports, and I'm over here like yeah, house music and fucking <laughs> microphones. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm the one yeah. on like all these like sports fields. And I, you said you were in band in high school, right? I was in a garage band. Oh, I also okay. did choir, to be fair. So, like, gotcha, gotcha. kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, you kind of brought you were you were inching into a topic that um, a little birdie told me that your family actually owns like a pretty big like logistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, we my family runs Armelini Express Lines. My grandpa started it. Um, it's a fresh produce shipping company. Um, uh, mainly flowers. Flowers can't really be put on a UPS truck. They have to be like refrigerated. Like they yeah. get grown in South America. They are flown over refrigerated. They're on a loading dock that's refrigerated. They're on trucks that are refrigerated, probably to another loading dock that's refrigerated. So it's all, it's like this different kind of infrastructure you have to yeah. have to ship this stuff. So yeah, my family is like really involved with that. Um, I have a really big Italian family. Pretty much everyone's involved with the, uh, with the company, uh, except for me. Uh, during COVID, that, I worked in the semi-truck shop a little bit. Um, I have nothing against it. I, I think it's boring. That's the only thing I really have against it. Because um, I, I worked there in summers. I changed oil on the semi-trucks and stuff like that. And then COVID, I ran like parts for the uh, for the, for the shop. Uh, my my dad is the... Uh, he was the president of it, but I, I think he's like since taken more of like a executive role and like given the, the title to someone else. Um, and yeah, I'm just not too involved with it. I have no problem with the family, no problem with the business. Um... I just worked there when I was a kid and I was like, man, this, this kind of sucks. And I was really I, nervous about like what the working world was going to be like when I got older. Cause I knew, you know, you have to work when you get older. Like I was, yeah. I was like really nervous. I was like, damn dude, am I going to be like super depressed and stuff? So yeah. like, I really had a drive to go get a job that I thought was cool. You right. know what I mean? Okay. That, yeah, that's totally understandable. I your logic there. That's that, mm -hmm. that I was going to ask you what, did you feel like did your family, your if you, a big family business, you, the, the normal uh, routine is like, you know, you're expected to be a part of it also in some capacity. So yeah. like you being kind of choosing your own, like completely different path. Did your family feel a way about it? Did they not care? Did they uh, support it? They're like, they, they're like, supportive, like, but they're still good parents. Right. So it's like, when I was like, I'm going to do audio out of store. They're like, dude, like we want you to do that. But like, if it's not realistic, we're going to kick you in the ass about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, are they a little tough on me? Yes, but it's because they're being like good parents. They're not at all being like, this is stupid. You should work for the family business or whatever. Like they're realistic. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. Yeah, so I, I think they're they're doing a really good job of it. Unfortunately, it's like pretty much anytime I see them, it's like an hour in. They's like, all right, what kind of work you got going on? What's going on? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> Every family. Oh, it is cool. yep. I feel it's that. Yep. It's like, oh my God. And then they give me shit when I just try to like walk out. Like, <laughs> like I'll just like be in a family thing. I'm just like, all right, guys, I'm going to go. <laughs> this is getting a little boring and awkward. And I don't have answers for your questions. Um, but something coming up exciting here that they're super stoked about is um, my producer who does a lot of work at FAU. Um, FAU two years ago put down, or maybe a year ago, put down like a million something dollars to build their own production truck Ooh. because they got hooked up with the American, which is an ESPN uh, college uh, division, whatever the fuck. Okay. Um, so basically a lot more of their sports are going to get broadcasted, right? So they ended up just buying their own truck. So 
my producer who hires me for a lot of FAU stuff is going to be like the main producer on that truck. And luckily we're not going to do FAU football because FAU football sucks, bro. It's it's not the team. It's not the school or whatever. It's the stadium. The stadium is not cabled. So usually on a big, mm-hmm. nice stadium, I can plug a microphone into a wall yeah. and then get that signal out of a corresponding wall right next to the truck, right? It's well thought out. This stadium does not have a fucking so internet. Everything, everything is what's called home run. So okay, like yeah. all of the cables are like, 1500 feet long. <laughs> now, got the fucking fat ass snakes just running. Yeah, into dude. The, yeah. 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 Oh, I've I've dealt with that at Civic Center. It sucks so yeah. bad. And it's like every other sport yeah, we do at FAU yep. is like so reasonable. It's like a small show. And it's like, you know, the baseball stadium, or I'm sorry, the the, the baseball stadium and the basketball stadium, the truck is like right outside. The cable runs are like 300 feet, whatever. I can, I can deal with that all day. So it's so sick that we're going to be doing everything except for football. We're going to leave that for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm going to be like lead audio on that, which is horrifying. But, you know, this is like the best opportunity anyone could ever ask for to cut their teeth. Right. So it's uh, a thing about a one. Make sure you have a a, 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 a a censored playlist this time. A censored playlist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ESPN sends me the music. I play. Okay. Although okay. my producer's like, awesome, you make music, right? Why don't we put that shit on the broadcast? I'm like, well, it might get DMCA because of like the way shit works. He's like, bro. Play it. What the fuck? He's like, you're being a pussy. Like, play that shit. I don't care. I would. No, honestly, your music would honestly. be great for like bumps between. Yeah, it's it it, be kind of fun, man. I'll, I'll probably do it eventually once I'm comfortable on this new truck. But yeah, it's super sick because the thing about A1 and a reason I was super scared of it is like, not only is it a complicated job, but usually you're on a different truck for every show. Mm. So you gotta be fucking good at what you do to be able to do it in like different environments because it's like constantly if, changing equipment and yeah, even, people. Even if all this shit worked perfectly, it's still complicated. Mm-hmm. But this shit does not work perfectly. You will have equipment. Like there's just faders on some mixers that just don't work. Like channels that just do not work. Mm -hmm. And like there's sometimes like a router where it's like you don't really have, you can, it's a thing to just route the audio to make it easier. Sometimes when that shit goes bad, now you have Yeah, it's like a digital router as opposed to like doing an analog, Mm -hmm. like with a fucking patch bay and patch cables out of a wall. And like I've seen so many of those routers just fucking fuck up on a show. And then it's like all of a sudden my A1 is in there live repatching the whole fucking show, getting all like the fucking shit to the announcer's ears and stuff like, oh, my God, it's gnarly, dude. So it's like to be able to cut my teeth on like a new truck, be on the same truck, a fucking bunch, kind of have no one really else like touch the truck either. So my stuff kind of you can kind of make it yours. Yeah, dude, I can get a really good basis of knowledge for A1. Which is like unheard of. Like most people are just thrown to the wolves for better or worse. Honestly, probably for better, but yeah, that does suck when you're just like fucking up a show and you don't know what you're doing wrong kind of thing. Um, so that's really cool. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Uh, you, you brought up my family's business. Um, yeah, I, I guess I said everything uh, I feel that's relevant to share about it. But yeah, I'm just really not that involved with it. Everyone is except for me. But um, growing up, how early like did you decide that that wasn't really what you wanted. Oh, dude, it was like the first day I worked there, I swear to God. How old was, were you? How old was I? I don't know. Maybe like a little bit before freshman year of high school. So we're talking okay. like probably 13 was the first time I did like a little day of work there. And I, I think I remember it because I was just doing office work with the girls in the safety department because they were just like super nice and a fun time. So I was like, I was like, you know, dad, if I got to work there, can I just go work with the girls in safety? And he was like, sure. So I go hang out now, with dad, them. Dad, can I go work with the chicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside and they're the just nice ladies. They, they were just down <laughs> to like joke around and whatever. But they ended up just being like, well, we have to put these uh, letters in these envelopes. Like everyone was getting this little envelope with like a memo on it about whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And like I'm sitting there and it was just like 300 oh, pieces of paper and 300 envelopes. And I was just like folding paper and putting it in envelopes. And like I got to a point I was like, 
I don't think I can do it. Like, I'll, I'll never finish this. And the lady said to me, she's like, yeah, we just kind of have someone do it who's like, doesn't really have anything to do. And it kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, so like office jobs are like, you're stuck there anyway. So you might as well just do something with your hands. And that kind of hit me hard. I was like, is it really just like passing the time like that? Yeah. Because I, I was looking yeah. at it as like a task to finish. And I was like, I don't think I can finish this. this is so much. And it's like, you know, to someone in an office job, it's more of like, I'm just sitting here anyway, so I'll just fold this paper. This is fine. That yeah, was easy. Pushing. Yeah, it was yep. like it was like a weird like thing to hit my mental. I was like, wow, like is this what working is like? Like it's really you know I'm not like it, being forced into like salt mines, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. this is where it my head bro, was at. I'm when like, I was like, I'm still fortunate. You it's were funny. You were exposed early on to rewardless labor. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for putting it like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like I've been working an office job for the past four years, but hearing about like what it is to actually work in an office versus what it's like the difference between being that guy with my Xbox 360 controller in Kansas City or in Kansas somewhere, you know, controlling a drone off in the Middle East versus being a soldier on the ground. It's like the same thing where it's like, I, I you know, there's still a bunch of like whatever, you know, bullshit mentally you got to deal with by being a part of that. But I'm not there. I don't have to deal with any of that. I clock out. I'm not there anymore. You know, you know, and it's I, like yeah. it's it's a different thing where you don't have to like be in in you don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to dress up, you know, being able to like do that busy work and then like, you know, keep your mouse busy so your computer doesn't idle and walk away <laughs> when you're not given yeah. stuff to do makes that kind of labor like so much more tolerable. But yeah. I, not, I but it was still so you're working from home is what you're saying was I just got a different job like recently, oh, okay. but I was for like the past four years I, and I've, I could barely tolerate that. So I can only imagine I've spent maybe a year and six months worth of time working in different in call centers. Um, well, two call centers, but it was like three different jobs that I moved around to. Anyways, I so I worked in like an office type environment. I would honestly, I feel like working from home would depress the shit out of me. And like, yeah, it must be weird. I feel like I would hate it. I kind of, I like, I like having to go somewhere for work, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why, but like having a, having a change of space mm -hmm. kind of helps me like go into a different mode yeah. when I'm just at home. It's like, you're just stuck at home all day. Cause you have no reason to go anywhere. Yeah, that's well, why it's like, yeah. thank God for like Kava bars. I think we're all like Kava bar Andes here. Yeah. Where it's like, it's just such a cool place to like, uh, <laughs> you, you don't like them. <laughs> I'm up in, I, yes, I do. I like Kava bars a lot, but you know. You you just might not go. I've seen how, I, I don't know. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, going through, a little bit. I've been going to them long enough to see how a lot of the sausage is made. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like the crowd, a lot of the crowds need to mature a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's definitely yeah. popular amongst young people. I guess all I'm, the only point I'm trying to make is that like, I'm very thankful that there's like social places that yeah. I can go that specifically oh, yeah. like aren't alcohol bars um, that kind of have like a younger crowd. Um, and it's, it's really just a social place. Like, yeah, I get Kratom when I go there. I get Kava and like that stuff's fun. But like I am going there 90% just that, to have social. And I, that's I think what that, I like about it too. Yeah. And I think that we're going to see that a lot more moving forward because I've been wanting something like this forever. I've been going to Kava Bar since like 2017. But even up until then, I always that's wondered why. Because I always heard tale of, you know, oh, let's, after school, let's go down to the local sock hop and get an egg cream, you know. And it's like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the diners were all the, like in the friends, homies would go friends, and hang out. Um, not friends. What? Uh, 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 shit. Uh, damn. What's that? 
Shit, fucking Matic show, uh, uh, fucking seventies show. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, that was also freaks and geeks. Maybe. No, uh, I don't know. They hang out at a diner. Is that where you're going? Not a diner, but it was like I'm a honest. the happy days. Yes, happy days. Happy days. That's what happy I was thinking of. Yes, yep. yes, 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 yes. Okay. I, I knew, I, I knew it. But in any event, but yeah, you know, and I was wondering like, why aren't there places like that now? And then, you know, as I grew older, I'm like, oh, that's just that's just bars and or clubs. Yeah, but been- then I realized, oh, bars and or clubs. Everyone's like drunk and annoying That's and loud yeah. and stupid you, you know and so it's like okay i'll play video games instead right yeah That's it, Amen. you know but I now like there's a happy to, medium right i like know? being able to socialize with people without having to be drunk <laughs> yeah because yeah, i feel like if i'm at a bar there's an expectation that you're there to drink and you have to drink and there's and also that if you want to be on the same kind of cognitive level as everybody else right in the room you have to be a little inebriated to to, to like match their energy and to also just tolerate the annoying shit. Yeah. And something that's <laughs> nice about Kava bars is that like, if someone's been there for, I don't know, five hours, you can still have a conversation with that person. They're mm-hmm. completely coherent. Yeah. And it's like, if you go to like a bar down the road or something and you try to do that, that person's probably smacked for 40 minutes. And you probably yeah. don't even want to be like within 30, 10 feet of 30 them. minutes. And there's yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like we're going to see a lot more of these places popping up as a, uh, industry moves more online and you see a lot of storefront shoot closing down because i feel like we're seeing that already with a lot of like storefronts closing down malls and shit like that you know empty and abandoned stuff like that what i think is going to end up filling in that vacuum of actual physical space are going to be basically lounges clubs third spaces for people to exist and either work at or v, you know, but 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 IRL, you know, that's what I'm saying is like VR IRL, VR but I, going out, oh God, VR IRL, yeah, and uh, <laughs> to get real dystopian about it, um, I think it's just augmented reality. But in any event, but yeah, just uh, it, it could it, I could see it be done in a cool way. But if that became yeah. the norm, that because think be. about it, you do all you, you don't need to go to Walmart anymore. You go to you know you you order all your shit online. At a certain point, Walmart yourself, will be you just order you have the Walmart down the street, but it will be exclusively delivered to your house. It's like a distribution. You know center. exactly. All Walmarts will become distribution centers. All storefronts will either become distribution that's centers the, or lounges. I guarantee that's the way they they want to go because it'll save them money too. Yes, but I feel like that would be that would be so good for the culture, like for people in general, have more social now to have to, you know, because I feel like that would be a perfect adaptation. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. All things get more like technologically entrenched online, you know, that kind of leaves more space in the real world for people to like do human things and like, yeah, or, you know, that's, I like, I like, I like where your head's at with that. Um, because I think most people look at like the, uh, internetification of everything as like very negative internet but, of things. But now we yeah. can separate the shit that like was kind of whack to do in real life and just put that on the <laughs> internet and then leave real life for the cool people for the cool. I, don't know. I still, <laughs> I st- I'm gonna be old school. Like, you know, like in iRobot, when uh, Will Smith refused, like he refuses to use AI um, driven right. cars, he wants to use yeah. his motorcycle. Was it a bike? I think it was a bike. Oh, he yeah. he wants to drive his own shit. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be that guy that's still running my own chores. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm gonna still go. I'm gonna go get my oil changed. I'm gonna go to the post office. I'm yeah, gonna go. I'm gonna go to Walmart. People. I'm gonna go to Aldi. I think a lot of people alive today will <laughs> definitely keep that mentality. But like you know, future generations maybe not so much. But um yeah, like where did you guys hang out um when you were like young? Because I feel like when I was Halo you 3. know, these this like age of like nineteen-ish, or like some of these kids are starting to go to the cobble bars, that's probably like the youngest age I see is like nineteen. Um I'm still close to that age. I'm twenty-four. Oh, okay. so that's I'm not, twenty-seven. So that's so not that far off. Not that far off, yeah. But um I just I just think back to those days. 
um, I guess I was in college at 19. Maybe I should go even younger, maybe like 16, 17, like middle of high school yeah. where it's like, you obviously want a place to hang out, but like anywhere you go, you're in the wrong. Like if you go to the mall just to hang yeah. out, people look, you don't want you there. If yeah. you just chill at a restaurant too long, like people don't want you there. No if you're just outside, you're like, yeah, you're like loitering. Or it's like, it's and that's like very rapidly. That's very rapidly becoming the sentiment of Kava bars too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for I, better and for mm, for better for the most. There's part. probably you probably have a point there. Because I think a lot better. of young people come and hang out and they don't spend as much money, so the bars definitely want like an older crowd. And now they spend more money. And now that that crowd is 21 and up. A lot of kava bars, especially newer ones, are using that as yeah, yeah, to go 21 and up just because the kids loiter a lot. I'm trying to That's think. So unfortunate. And a, well, and to be. And like what I was alluding to before with the face I made towards Kava bars, a lot of it has to just do with the drama and bullshit of the people there. Because there's a lot of which is in high school. Yeah, a lot of which is predicated on there being not only so much of a concentration of young people there, but like a concentration of young people who are also exposed to a wide swath of like other people that just don't see eye to eye on a lot of things or don't understand each other and that leads to a lot of weird confrontations the clicks and, are forced to interact yeah the click yeah it, it <laughs> forms a lot of like stratification and clicky stuff and you're going to get that no matter what yeah. but it always gets weirder and like more stress unnecessarily stressful when you got like young people involved yeah yeah so especially I, when you're a business i'm trying to think and answer your question of like where did i hang out because there wasn't like like in mid high school, right? So you either had like, someone's house, but it was, it was like when it, was, it wasn't someone's house. Yeah, like, what the fuck was it? It was like, house, like that was the main one, honestly. Like someone's house, my friends, whoever had the chillest mom is pretty much right. The, yeah. the go to house everybody goes mm -hmm. to, um, or gas station. <laughs> Dude, right yeah. outside the gas station. Roll of the dice. We used to go to the mall every once in a while, but that that fell off really quickly. It was like the mall and the movies mm -hmm. in middle school, and we used to just like go to movie theaters and just like socialize, and we'd like just piss off everyone around us. <laughs> and it's like, dude, like if kids did that to me today, I'd be like, fuck these kids. But it's like you think back to being that old, and it's like, dude, like you have nowhere to go. Yeah, everywhere you go, you are not supposed to be there. It's an awkward it's age range to cater to. It's hard to cater to, I imagine. Well, I, I don't have to imagine I lived it, but it, we all lived it. It's hard to cater to that age range because they're not old enough for like the fun stuff that like you want to do in your 20s, right. drinking or whatever, and then smoking. They're, they're, they're barely old enough to be out in the on first their place. own. Right. Yeah. Barely you old enough I mean? to be out in the first place. So like, and it's like all they want to do is socialize. Yeah. That's it, dude. You just want social interaction. You want to be around people you want to fuck around or whatever the hell. Like, after school was a solid thing for me because my school like when school was out my school had a lot of after school stuff going on and the school was still technically like the doors were open and so people a lot of people either had something after school to do like a sport or a club yeah. or whatever or maybe they just like me sometimes had nothing better to do and didn't want to go straight home so i would just linger around sometimes i talk to people and hang out <laughs> and, for like an hour or two yeah thank god for extracurriculars man because it's like it's not even like keeping the kids off the street. It's like, this is going to be on the street and whatever, but it's like, there's just no goddamn much time to fill in those years that it's yeah. like, you know, taking up a sport, taking up a music hobby or whatever it may be is just like one of the best things you can do for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, as a young yeah. kid, uh, not that we probably have any young kids listening to this, but there's some yeah. advice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, when it came to like, I, I mean, obviously as a kid, you know, in high school or middle school, whatever, you know, it was the same, you know, just going to friend's house, you know, who had the coolest, the, the best internet connection, basically. Yeah, yeah. And we would all bring our Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Our yeah. Xbox yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it was, it was pretty much every, every weekend we would all powwow like me and my, my 
four friends would all powwow my friend Mike's play shout out Mike uh, and we would all you know go in his room set up our shit and just play fucking Halo Call of Duty whatever until the wee hours of the morning stuffing ourselves up yeah, pockets and Mountain Dew uh, me and my friend Kyle yeah. did uh, shout out to Kyle uh, he showed me Assassin's Creed when we were at this uh, old, hey. old video game store called Play and Trade down by the mall hell Got yeah Play and Trade bro what was a so based oh my god so oh cool. i don't that, think it's there anymore it's really sad well it it, it it sort of functioned as like sort of that third space lounge like you could like hang out, yeah I but it didn't actually like chilled in their like lounge spot and like played games like you could but i always thought that was so cool yeah their selection um just if anyone doesn't know it was just kind of like a retro game store and they had like a shitload of stuff on the walls gamestop kind of keeps it current play and trade was like nah fuck it we're gonna have everything yeah. down to like game boy like one games like we have like a selection of them I, right i've been turned on more lately to uh comic and game shops too because they're a good third place where you're not like there's still a business so of course they are gonna find ways to like incentivize you to pay for stuff but yeah. it's very loungy in the sense that people hang out there there'll be groups of people that are gonna be there all day mm-hmm. and they're just there to play with each other and that's it it's just their yeah. meeting spot and they're in a lot of them seem to be integrating more like gaming stuff too yeah that's cool and i feel like every time there's anyone behind the counter at those places like 99 percent of the time they are just down to nerd out with you on yeah. fucking anything and you always have a good conversation yeah so what me and kyle did uh he showed me assassin's creed he like he showed me assassin's creed revelation he's like this game's kind of cool you're like a fucking assassin and you're part of like a brotherhood and i was like all right let's try it so we played it a little bit and i was like huh this is like really cool and we both got into it so it's like every time we got a chance we would like bring not only the playstation but a fucking tv over to each other's house yeah and, like, walk yep. in the front door the exactly yeah and, like yep. we'd set up like assassin's creed like right next to each other we would just play our own single player thing like right next to each other and i've i've since become so obsessed with that fucking that series the, the um, big i think uh, this was kind of for me this is pre-high school but like middle school era for me my friends none of my friends lived super duper close to where it was convenient to hang out all the time so a lot of our hangouts were on weekdays after school where like i'm just gonna go home with my buddy to his place after straight from school instead of going home and hanging out or on the weekends because you have to go out of your way and stuff so like a big thing for us was we didn't always do the extra tv thing because that's could really get away with we didn't have a place to put it but we would like bring your Xbox and a controller in your backpack, in your backpack. or something. Yeah. yeah, like the big-ass bulky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't make like an Xbox Slim, so you were fucked. Yeah. Bro. You had like a whole 360 in your backpack. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I still, you, you guys love this. I still have my PS2 Slim in working condition and the fucking F-150 I have, dude, the, the thing's, you know, 170,000 miles, maybe, may run for a while, maybe going, but I'm going to cry when I lose it because it has stock a fucking way to play PlayStation in it. So it what? has, get this, it has what? a, it has a uh, wall outlet um, in the back of the center console, just as like, you know, a power outlet. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. cool. So you can just plug whatever into it, like a normal wall. And then it has a touchscreen. And in the center console are the three AV inputs. No oh, shit. The red, uh, yellow, and white. They're mm-hmm. just in there. It's all stock. It only works when it's in park. But yeah, so my PS2 Slim is like up against the wall in the center console, taking up like no fucking space. The thing that takes up space is the fucking power brick. And that's not that much, right? And then I have like my old game fucking thing. And every once in a while, when I'm on a job in Miami or wherever the fuck, and I just have time to kill, I'll just go in my truck and play some fucking Need for Speed. It's nice. fucking wild. That's dude. so right. I know. And yeah. it's like my old PS2. It still works. It's still wow. good. Like these days I'm using emulators if I want to play anything like that. But yeah, yeah every once in a while, I, I did a job in Miami. Uh, there was an artist named Virgil Abdul who sadly passed away. And right before he passed away, he was doing a 
or right after he passed away, he was scheduled to be present at a uh, art exhibit during Art Basel in Miami. There was a Maybach, an off-road Maybach with the car. Mm-hmm. It was like an off-road concept car that he designed, mm-hmm. and there was a showing for it. Well, he died, so they extended it a day. So they needed an audio guy to be there for day two. So they brought me down for day one to train, and then I was there for day two as well. Oh, so you did audio for that? I didn't have That's to cool. do shit, bro. Really? It was a gig <laughs> and a half, let me tell you. Uh, they had speakers already set up. They had like a mixer and everything. All I was doing was like playing music. So I show up and the guy goes, look, this is how you turn it on. We're playing it off this iPad. This will be here. Everything's just like this. He's like, look, here's a microphone. If they ask for a microphone, here it is. I almost guarantee you they won't ask for a microphone. He's like, that's it, bro. And I was like, you're you're sure that's it? He's like, dude, that's it. This will be the easiest gig for you ever. And that's my training day. Took me five minutes. Nice. And then I'm there for ten hours. (laughs) Bro. So then I just went and played Need for Speed for like that entire day. And then I went slept at my uncle's house who lives in Miami. And then I went back the next day, turned everything on, and I went to the head of the whole thing. And I'm like, hey, like you know, I'm your audio guy today. I have a microphone. Are you gonna want to do any announcements? She goes, fuck no. (laughs) She's like, I do not want to talk at this. Like, don't even bother with it. I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna have music playing today, and. that's about it. She's like, perfect. Like, literally, don't worry about a thing. So I went back in my car and fucking started playing more Need for Speed. Hell yeah. 10 hours. And then I left there and my car broke down on the highway. Oh, <laughs> it was fucking, oh, no. it sucks so bad. I no. won't get into it, but my transmission went on the highway in my, in like stop and go traffic. It was a nightmare. Never good. Speaking of uh, childhood hangout spots, did you guys also experience the infamous like electrical box place like everybody would meet up at yes you know or or the <laughs> Not really. or the special tree like there was always some like little landmark yeah spot your... like IRL people would just kind of like squat up at yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, I definitely had that when I was like super super young I lived point. off the street <laughs> uh, I lived off the street um that was designed in a way where it was like two roads that are just neighborhood roads and they're dead ends and there's two of them, and then they kind of merge together, and then it ends down here. And there was just a bunch of kids who lived on the street. I was like the youngest one. I was like super, super young at this time. I'm like, I'm like five, six years old or something like that. Like super young. But when they merged, it came to like this triangle because it was like a road between there. So it literally made a little triangle patch of grass and trees. And it was like we would always meet up at the triangle. That was the thing, right? And like, so I never did the electrical box thing. But I, you know, I, I kind of got a little bit of a me. To that. I I moved around quite a few times, growing up. So like different neighborhoods I was in had different points of interest like right. that. And the one, uh, the one that I grew up on before moving around for the first time in PSL. Like I grew up here and moved around, but um, it was. Similar to what you're describing, but instead of coming to a point, it was just a normal street and it turns and it goes in that street. It's just a turn, like a regular street that just turns. Sure. It's two streets. They're different names. Okay. So on the bend, it just tur- turns, turns into a different name. Okay. But it's one street that just turns and can- reconnects back to the main road. Um, You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Where I yep. currently live. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, And my friend's house who was, he had the chillest parents and a dope garage that was like uh, uh, screened in. And he had like a, his dad like built like um, like a bar table. And like, it was just a cool hangout spot. His house was right on the corner there you go, in the yeah. middle of where those two roads meet. So all of our friends in that area pretty much all just went there. And he had the type of parents that like, you don't have to have any foreknowledge of like coming over, making plans. You just show up and be like, hi, Mrs. Whatever. And just walk in, pass them. 
Nice. Like, yeah. you don't even have to talk to them. Yep. Like, a, hi, hi, Mrs. Whatever. And then you just keep walking. The best. Those I'm here, I'm here to see Brandon. To the mm-hmm. whole yeah. yeah. Like, just somewhere to go. Right. Yep. Like, and then he also hosted all of the, the, the uh, sleepovers and stuff. And nice. we'd have the garage to ourselves. So we could be as loud as we want. And like, it was so chill. Oh, yeah. That's when we discovered, that's when I discovered Omegle back in those days. Oh, oh, man. My I friend fucked around with that too much, he, but some of the clips from that, people fucking around with that. Early on, amazing. it was crazy. You guys seen the Kermit thing? I'm sure everyone's seen Kermit it. Kermit thing. Yeah, there's no. a guy who just like has oh, with the, the cucumber. Yeah, the cucumber. Yeah. You haven't seen this? No. Are you kidding? Dude, so it's just a guy who has Kermit on, you know, on his hand yeah. and he's doing the Kermit thing. He's like, all right, how are you? I can't do the voice. But like, yeah, so he talks to people for a second. And then if it's like a girl, he's like, He'll just somehow do like a little sexual innuendo. Be like, oh, you, 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 you want to see a, I, 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 I can't do it, man. But one way or another, he just pulls up a cucumber and it looks like his dick. The, and it's, it's the same gag every oh, fucking time. God. And it does not get old. Bro. Yeah. It's, it's I haven't every seen, single time. So I haven't seen that, but I, what I have seen is a trend of, actually, I see a lot of music artists on there showing off. Yeah. Like, like the do you guys ever seen um, the do? I don't know. Actually, probably. I don't know, yeah. like, by names. Sure. But if I saw him, I'd probably ridiculous. He's just an incredible musician. Um, I've also seen, um, and they'll do, like, f- just freestyle. They'll be like, mm-hmm. what do you want to hear? Yep, exactly. That's what the dude does, man. That, I've that, seen a bunch you, of different people do that kind of thing. Probably have. that guy, yeah. Um, and then I've also seen a lot of, there's one specific guy, actually. I don't know his name or anything. But he'll he'll come up, and they'll be acting really normal, um, and then do a fake transition yeah you think it, seen, yeah. you think it cuts to a different camera oh yeah but then he, he, ta- he you're, he's then, always like super mean to him and like really like offensive or something or like says i'm gonna kill you or something and then it'll go to another person yeah, yeah. still there like, yeah, yeah. And it, like shows up in the background yeah yeah, uh, yeah. So gnarly. that's so funny <laughs> those are pretty funny and people well, are always dumbfounded by like what well, the fuck well, hold on didn't omigo just die recently i think it did it yeah. just yeah. went down like yeah. last year because of oh, right because of uh pedophile yeah child exploitations that's the i'm Honestly, I'm surprised it took this long. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, dude, I, I agree with that. That's been a thing for as long as I've known about the internet. Yeah, it's That's sad to see it go, but it's just, it's a valid reason, man. Uh, like, yeah, because how are you going to control that? You can't. I, That's the point. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to be able to control anything on there. Right. That's from the Wild West days of the internet. Yeah. Still, it's like they I, could even put like you know put your age in when you make your account, and it's like kids are gonna lie about it because yeah. that's just what you do when you're young. You have, verification. You, like, oh, I need to be eighteen. Okay, I'm fucking fifty. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm nine 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 nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the website just goes. Yep. Valid. Okay. Right. Yeah. Valid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that checks out. Yeah. You're not a bot or a thousand a, years old. That is this a guy must be Abraham Lincoln's brother. <laughs> yeah. Happy is, to have you here, bro. There's a number greater than eighteen. You're you're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, uh Oh, I was going to say the, the, the some horror stories about Eagle. One time I was on there and I like, I wouldn't say this scarred me, but it's something that was ingrained for sure. And it was one of the, yeah, the first time I ever even like, this broke my brain for a second. I was just on Omega. I was just bored. I was on somebody else's computer, like staying at, um, like a, like my mom's friend's house or something. And they just let me use the computer just cause I was, I had nothing else to do. Um, and I decided to go Amigo, and like the first camera or person I link up with is a blonde woman getting her pussy ate by a dog. <gasps> yes. What? And I immediately closed it because I was what I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like I closed the page. I X'd out because I was like, number Immediate one, regret. Because like, because like, his well, because like, number one, it freaked me out. Uh, and number two, I was like, I don't want to somehow get in trouble. Right. Cause right. like, I was not looking for that. That just, that just came that's out. I swear to God. Dude. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Dude. You, I mean, like, you know, 
that's don't do that okay but <laughs> yeah. like low-key you hit the lottery because usually when you see some fucking weird sexual shit you're just seeing some guy some old guy's dick or something some jacking off it's like yeah. you get a naked lady on there unfortunately it was not pussy eaten by a dog so that sucks she was like she was literally in so it was like a sideways view and she was on her hands and knees like in doggy position and the dog was eating her from behind God, you're scarring me. Yeah. I'm describing it to you. Sure. Yeah. Just so you know, you feel my pain. It. I wish he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's gnarly, dude. That was so crazy. I, that Up to that point, that was, I had never seen something quite that radical on Omegle. It was always like me and my uh, guy friends, and we link up with other random girls or guy groups that are also doing the same thing, just like randomly getting matched up and talking to each other. And then you yeah. get the occasional guy with his dick out, but it was like tolerable, you know, <laughs> yeah, you just click off it. Right. See, I never usually, I, I never used Omegle. I, I've obviously watched a lot of videos and stuff from my whole life for as long as it's been around, but I did for a little bit use a uh, chat roulette. We use that, that too. Yep. Yeah. Chat roulette was a lot of fun because it was pretty it was much the same. The same. It, it, it was exactly, exactly the same, just without video. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just text. I, yeah, it was just I forgot that, actually. Oh, that sounds even creepier. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, that's the thing is like it kind of was because it was like you could just say whatever. And, you know, what it's kind of like, you know, trying to have a conversation with an AI, except, you know, the AI is actually like another person. But it's about as like, you know, it leads about as far as you would expect mm. or as nowhere as you would expect. Yeah. You know, cause either it fizzles out immediately or there's some kind of chemistry and you end up talking with whomever for like ASL? hours, you know, get you with the ASL. Well, yeah. More often than, <laughs> yeah. Almost all the time. ASL age sex location. Age sex, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's some internet oh, 1.0 lingo right there. Yeah. For real. Right. Yeah. But no, that was very common. I also got in trouble or not. We didn't, I didn't get in trouble, but my class got, yelled at we didn't get like a group punishment we, we got you get scolded by our teacher i went to a uh, like this private christian school um for a period and uh one like new girl like introduced all of us or a, a bunch of us not all of the whole class but a big group of us to this um like it, it was a browser-based like cam chatting site it wasn't like sexual it was just like literally you join a room and like 10 people could fit in this room and you can just chat but <laughs> sounds chaotic but yeah yeah it, it was a little bit but because you can also if you paid money you can make it private mm. but if it was it was free you could people can enter and exit your chat just any anybody it was just open and um that was its own issue but besides that well because like because you would see like creepy dudes preying on like like oh, females yeah. friends in the group all the time it was weird but um what became a problem the reason we got scolded was not having anything to do with that it was i don't know what the url was but i just remember that it was literally one letter off from being like a hardcore porn site Oh no! And it was a completely different website, unassociated. Yep. Yeah. But it was one letter off. It was like almost the exact same name. And so for some reason, like the teacher like got really pissed at all of us because that used to be a thing when we were younger. Like if you typed in YouTube, like one letter off, it was just like porn and like yeah. computer U viruses and shit mm -hmm. like that. Yep. YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> that was the one. Yeah. For a while. Oh, bro. Internet. Mm -hmm. Early internet. Good stuff. Hopefully it's um hopefully the, I'm hoping that somebody like you know just cuts the wire and the internet just dies and we can like you know 
Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be great? I don't think so. The internet yeah. just collapses and we just, really like you. just return I, to monkey. I really like modern YouTube. I'm kind of... I like internet. I think... I've liked YouTube for a while. I'm kind of sick of it. I could do, <laughs> I could do without the internet. I think, yeah. I think what would be not like... I'm not making an argument whether this would be good or bad, but I'm just... I would be fascinated to see what would happen if... Because like the internet is worldwide and all inter, interconnected, like across the oceans and shit now. Have you ever seen how they but, do that? Yeah, the big cables that cross the ocean. Fiber cables. I was literally... Cool. The point I was going to make was, what if those connections were severed and instead of one big internet, we had multiple different intranets? Well, that's what happened in uh, Cyberpunk. Really? Yeah, because the black wall is effectively this like giga firewall that's... that's um, containing the functional internet from the rest of what was the entirety of the internet, which was completely like overridden with viruses and malware oh. by this like one really like gnarly hacker. I forget the name. Um, but like that, a little biodome. Yes. Internet biodome. Yep. <laughs> Is cyberpunk the game? Like the Lord? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, in the, in the, the, the lore. In the game. Yeah. Like, or, not tabletop. It was like well, it was a tabletop game, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, That's, okay. well, yeah, it, started, it started as a tabletop game and oh, then no, was yeah, adapted yeah. into it. That's yeah. so cool. Right? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I've heard good things about the game. I never played it. it they're both incredible. I played really? it. Really? Yeah, okay. it's... Well, yeah, I, I feel like there was so, so, so much hype about it and then the launch was shaky that I just like wrote it off. Yeah, me too. Now, well, they kind of just soft relaunched it with the right. 2.0 update. They completely like overhauled like most of the mechanics in the game. It was like cool that they did that, but fuck fucking fuck companies that release unfinished games and charge full price for them. God damn it. Well, what was really shitty about it for me is I didn't know they were going to do that. And I had just started playing cyberpunk for the first time right before that happened. And I mm. was two missions away from beating the game before downloading the 2.0 update that reset. Everything? And it completely bricked my oh, entire oh, character build. Oh, no. And so I had to, and so like I couldn't finish, I didn't end up finishing the game. Ah, that's a bummer. Yeah. And the cool, it, like I was able to readapt it into something else that was kind of cool and like playable, but I didn't, it, it was wrong. You know, I didn't feel like it, I wasn't playing the same character anymore. It was kind of whack, but they did definitely fix and make like the game better objectively. Like I'm not, but it was just from my experience personally, that was kind of whack. Um, I'm, I'm but, ba sorry, just back to the separate internet concept thing. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by the concept of like, when we eventually are like starting to colonize like another planet and stuff, the dis the just straight up distance between would necessitate some form of either very advanced, complicated relay situation, or there's just straight up going to be separate internets. Well, I mean, that's going to be connected a million percent. There's no way yeah. they're not connected. Just like I think it'd be difficult to the some, point to the along those lines. It'd be, it'd the be technology connected, necessary. It won't, it won't be as instantaneous no, as we're used to. That's, that's not. But, but that like, would, and I think that would, would be what causes that divide, though. I feel like the technology is convenient to interact with people who are closer to you, and in, it'd be instant communication. Yeah. The technology necessary to communicate, however, instantly across distances necessary to colonize other planets will necessarily have to exist before we even consider yeah, colonizing other planets. That's, that's really true. Realistically, you know, obviously for like pioneer missions where we're just sending fucking frozen people out to colonize rocks or whatever, you know, that's, that's a different thing, you know, but then at a certain point, once those are once, if that's going to amount to anything that we're going to benefit from, by the time that we expect them to be able to, you know, get there, whatever, to a point where they can communicate with us, we need to have that technology or we need to have well, that we, technology and send it with them so they can set well, it up in the first we, place. We technically can communicate extreme distances. It just takes a lot of time. 
You're right. And they, that's they what I'm saying. Do it. Like, they do that. Who's they? Like NASA and shit. I'm saying. Like oh. when they go to the moon or send probes out, they can still communicate with them. Oh, yeah. And it takes, it'll take like There's just some hours. I want to be able yeah. to send data through light at that point if we're really that far away. Um, so the way that the undersea internet cables work, uh, you guys might know this, uh, viewers might not. Uh, it's through what's called fiber optic. Mm -hmm. So that's light, light traveling through a cable. Okay. Um, and it's mecha fast, right? It's the speed of light. And it's like a little bit slower because it goes through a repeater, which like kind of boosts the signal whatever um and it, it's so fast that like sometimes a point of data that's coming to you from england might like kind of get clogged up coming through like it's like fastest route so what it'll do is it'll take a detour to fucking south america and then come to you yeah and this is like that's where you get a delay of like a second as opposed to getting it in like half a second mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's crazy wild you know the internet everything you do has to pass through like 17 different like Relay point. Tubes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just fiber is like the best thing that we have so far. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll get something better eventually, but just like sending data through light is such a wild thing. We actually use it on broadcast a lot, fiber cables. It's a, it's really common. Mm. Yeah. Um it, it has its own set of issues. There, there's there's like distance problems with it, right? Uh yes and no. Generally for broadcast, not really. Um fiber cables actually tend to be really long because okay. it's just like good to send really far. When you're going over oceans, yes, there's distance problems and then you get a repeater and whatever. But we don't really use fiber repeaters in broadcast. We're we're usually good to go. Uh with like and usually fiber cables again are like really, really long. Mm. Um, and they have to be because you can't bend them too much or else they'll not be functional. Or um break. yeah, a lot you of them can, are very are very fragile. They too. are more fragile than most cables. I think they're a little bit more durable than people give them credit for because we really baby these cables because well, I've been working in audio, the shit that you we put audio cables through an optical an optic cable would not no exactly uh, like yeah. you don't want to run it over with something that's a mm -hmm. huge no you don't want to fucking bend it you don't want to bend a cable in the first place but yeah yeah it, it's essentially glass in there but it's like a bendy kind of glass and i don't know it's kind of beyond me but um it, it's a really incredible thing but yeah i, I think that's a solid way to describe it is bendy glass yeah fiber, uh, pretty much it's fiberglass fiber is incredible bro fiber snake carrying like 24 pairs of individual fiber is like it's small. It's very small. And we can run a whole fucking broadcast from the field and everything. Announcers, all the audio, all the cameras, all that shit through a cable that's this big. And it's fucking, it, it's mind blowing. It's like when I finally like went home, I'm like, what the fuck is this fiber shit that we keep using? Because like I was using it, but I didn't really know what the deal is with it. And then I like watched a couple of YouTube videos and it explained to me like the underwater network of fiber. And I it, think it's mind blowing. When I'm thinking about what would be necessary to make that work in space, I feel like they would choose the cheaper option of just going without it and just dealing with compensating for the distance. It would be really because, complicated. Because, because like, of, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to work it out in my head, right? Follow me here for a sec. I could be wrong because like there could be shit I don't know about that would work better. But the way I'm thinking about it is you can't just, if you're doing like light and you're doing like Morse or some, some kind of code system that's sending the data, right? Binary. Binary, something. Uh, you can't do it from the planet surface because then atmosphere and things will get in the way and probably cause too much of a problem. So then you'd have to have satellites and then you would need to communicate radio to the satellite and then that would do it, the light thing. And then, then you're... But that that's then you have, enough then, at that point. But then you have to worry about distance again, which speed of light, but then there could be other things in the way or the light like dispersing and then... There like, is a ridiculous amount of factors in, yeah, with even with gravity, gravity affects light. Yeah, especially in that space, too. Right? Lensing. Um, so so like it would how, be super mecha complicated. But if we could pull it off, yeah. that's like the fastest data transfer we have. It's the speed. I of think. Light, right? I, I just feel like in the colonization aspect of it, 
getting people to the location will be prioritized over the communication technology. Yeah. Part. I mean, we'll definitely have some kind of communication set up, but I mean, like, this, I feel like the communication the part will come later. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that's just like, it's so in the future that we probably can't even fathom how they pull it off. Bro. Um, I, I love, you ever read or seen the movie Ender's Game? Uh, no, heard of heard Bro, of the name, but I don't you, know anything you, about it. I've heard of it, but I'm not you, familiar with that. So Ender's it. Game is interesting and it, it's sci-fi and people have colonized all kinds of planets and whatever. But one of the like, and they have faster than life travel, light travel, but they're still, it, it's not like Star Wars-y. They still have to worry about relativity. So when you go off on some uh, journey somewhere and come back, you could be the same age, but your sister is like 60 years older. Yeah, well, oh, we all yeah. need Interstellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So but in the Ender's same. Game universe, that is common. Right. Or you just don't do those travels if you don't want to deal with that. You just don't. Yeah. So what what they do to communicate across those distances, and um, I don't remember, I don't recall if it works while in transit, but I know that across distances, they're able to communicate instantaneously with like quantum physics. Like they have mm. quantum entanglement. They they have some way of using quantum entanglement yeah. in these like earpieces, basically, where you can literally talk instantaneously to somebody on the other side of the fucking solar system or galaxy or whatever, because they have two atoms that are or I mean tangled or uh, yeah, electrons. Whatever mm-hmm. that are, yeah, tangled together. It's which is gnarly. so cool. It's like, cool well, it, it's plausible, right? It, it probably like, theor- theoretically, yeah. It, yeah, theoretically, right? It'll yeah. probably be a big ass quantum computer that does it rather than just like an earpiece. But <laughs> stuff's so wacky. But it's dope. Yeah. I'm going to hard pivot real quick. Let's do it. What got you into uh, producing your own music? Okay. So, yeah. So I, I played in that band uh, in high school. Uh, we were like a three-piece rock band for a long time. We played uh, a lot of Blink-182 because I was the only guitarist. So we could only, okay. we only had so much music we could do, mm. right? Because it's like if you try to play like Sugar, We're Going Down, uh, that's a two-guitar song. And like it just doesn't sound right. Um, so we played a lot of Blink-182, a little Did bit of Green good. Day. Yeah, I'm right. Kidding. Yeah, just play the lead and the... I mean, that, that song is actually more or less pretty plausible to play the lead and the rhythm, maybe. It'd be kind of weird. You can probably pull it off, though. Anyway, yeah, so played a lot of Blink. We were more or less a Blink cover band. And then... uh my friend Micah, who I'm still really good friends with, I'm actually roommates with him now, uh, moved from Alabama senior year of high school. And like, you know, he had gauges and dyed hair. So uh, my fucking bassist, Kyle, just goes out to him. He's like, hey, man, you know, you, you look cool. What's your name? He's like, I'm Micah. You he's look like, cool. Yeah, literally. That's unironically like, that's, pretty much how it that's happened. bro flirting. And he was like, oh, you yeah. play guitar or something? He's like, yeah, I play guitar. He's like, oh, you want to come like hang with our band? He's like, okay. So he comes over. Micah's nice. mad shy, bro. I'll he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And he's like, really good at guitar and then like where we have our first practice i'm like yeah this kid seems cool like maybe we can have a second guitarist and then he's like oh no play that guitar part like da 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 and he sings it and he's like a fucking god singer like immediately we're like yo fuck you fuck you like you did not say you could sing like dude that was really good he's like yeah i mean i can sing a little bit and we're like oh game fucking on so then we have like a second guitarist who's like better than me and he's an incredible singer so then we were like okay, we got a fucking band now. So we, we were playing like a lot more shows, just local stuff though, you know, like the Relay for Life at the high school. That Sorry. was always a fun one. Sorry, what time frame was, are we talking again? So uh, in year, this is uh, 2012, 13, 14. Okay. Uh, I graduated in 14. All right. Um, so yeah, we were just playing a bunch of local stuff. Super fun. Then I went off to college um, and I got really into house music and like electronic stuff. Nice. Um, so I tried to produce a little bit of um, electronic music. Uh, my drummer at the time was making rap beats on something called Machine. Machine is a 
piece that a company called Native Instruments makes. What machine is, is like a, it's a B pad and there's a software. There's a machine pad and the machine software and they work one-to-one. Like they're exactly one-to-one with each other. You could just use the software but the pad makes it like, you know, you have a physical element mm-hmm. that controls everything. It's not just like a MIDI thing. It's way more than MIDI. It's, again, it controls everything going on in the software. MIDI 2. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we, meet, we meme on... It's like a hardware DOS. I'm happy, yeah, I'm yeah. happy you brought up House because we meme on House quite a bit because <laughs> I love it and nobody else does. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I, I have a really funny take on House. Uh, we still, yeah, you do, but we meme. Uh, yeah, I'm like in. I'm a producer in the genre. I, I still meme on it, <laughs> or I meme on myself, I guess, because like uh, whenever I hear reggaeton, I'm like, bro, reggaeton's so stupid. It's just, and that is, it's like every it's song the is the thing. same drum beat. It's so stupid. And then someone <laughs> plays some house, and I'm like, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, I got an. I, I. It's not house anymore. It's, it's casa. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I hate it. That's funny though. Anyway, um, yeah. So I got a machine pad and I tried to make some house. It was, you know, awful because you know when you start producing music on a computer, you're basically learning how to program before you can actually make anything that is even remotely close to your like music taste, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that for a little bit, and then coming up on the end of college, I was like, I guess I'm moving back home. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Like I would love to like record that band. Cause we, we recorded one song in Orlando with a guy who was nice enough to like have us come up, charges a cheap rate. We record a song. So like I, I got into Ableton. I started learning, started like pirating some software and shit like that. Kind of learning how to mix and record and whatever. Really didn't know shit. Uh, still like low key don't know shit, but anyway, like definitely nobody, way ahead of where I was. Nobody does. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Anyway, um, so I moved back home and I kind of convinced the guys, uh, my bases had moved to New England. Uh, so it was me, the drummer and uh, the guitarist and singer. So we kind of had a band. We just didn't have a basis, but we could fake bass. So I ended up buying a bass, like a $200 one. Mm. And we just kind of like made that happen. So we we filled in that gap. And yeah, we recorded that album. It, it took us a long time. And honestly, it kind of tore the band apart. Uh, me and the drummer don't really see eye to eye anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's unfortunate. But we did finish the album. It's on, you know, everything. The band is called Everglades. Uh, the EP is called Pining. And uh, dude, like for a first record, the first thing I ever recorded, Mixed Master, the first thing that we as a group ever made, I think it sounds fucking dynamite. Like I really that's do. Awesome. I, I think really it's cool. really cool. We did like a lot of like tempo changes. Um, my drummer, to his credit, was like, so fucking talented like genuinely so talented and really creative too like he pushed us to do like you know like time signature changes tempo changes a lot of like wacky shit like that that we would have never done it definitely seems to be a common theme to me um i don't i don't play any instruments so i'm talking as an outside looking in but uh it seems to me that the skill level of the drummer really like makes a massive difference on a percent really elevates it to a new level because you can kind of fake or like get away with like like not really knowing yeah, so much. I think singing and guitar, guitar is really where you're yeah. like put up on a fucking on the spotlights on you, right? Uh, yeah, a couple of like the older heads that I've shown this music to, they're like, "Oh, your drummer knows what he's doing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I don't. I don't really work with him anymore. It just you know when when you play in a band, bro, you're married to those people, mm-hmm. and it, it's tough, man. It, it's really tough. It's like as much as it's like working and learning and getting that fucking song recorded and and writing and doing all that stuff. You have to like maintain a relationship too. And like I wasn't really focused on maintaining the relationship, and I think that hurt his feelings a lot. Uh, so we just don't really see eye to eye anymore. But uh, anyway, yeah. So we kind of had that falling out. Um, many, many such cases. Yeah, I mean, dude, it, uh, this isn't a new, new, new tale, right? Uh, and we had the falling out like right around COVID too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the whole fucking world was in disarray along with us, right? It's funny. So, COVID is March. You brought up earlier uh, uh-huh. when you um, 
What is it? You the spring training thing. Spring training. Yes. Uh, that's actually right the exact time that we, I started the podcast too. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a weird transition period for for everyone. Yeah. Um. So I got back into making house because I was like, well, I have all this recording knowledge. I have like all this equipment now. Cool. I kind of just don't want to work with people because it's just been so goddamn frustrating. And I just want to sit down and fucking grind. You know what I mean? Um. So I started getting back into the house thing. I got really into like lo-fi house. Mm. Uh, and I've been doing that ever since, man. And uh, it's super fun. It's really cool to have like a niche genre, for in, better or worse, pretty much for worse, to be completely honest it, with you. In your experience, your in your opinion, what's what are like the pros and cons of working with other people versus producing solo? Um, uh, that's an interesting question. How do, how do I answer this? So working with people, um, I think a lot of the time the music is just better with different heads on it. But also, sometimes you clash, and then that creates problems. Um, being forced to figure out some kind of compromise. Yeah, I think those are valuable skills to learn. So that's yeah. something that you kind of do need to be thrown in the fire and just like learn how to work with people, especially with music, because it, it a lot of times it's just fucking awkward, bro. It's like you finally get there and you're sitting in front of like the recording thing, and you both have a guitar in your hand, and you're just like looking at each other. It's like, so oh, shit, well, like what easy, now? Easy, you start or me start? Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's so easy weird. to forget how intimate of a process creating music is until you're there with somebody else doing it and you realize how differently you see the creative process when it's being it's like the, yeah. the you know you like a, a, it can be in whatever until it's being observed mm. kind of that quantum theory it's yeah. like a similar thing where it's like you can be whatever you want you know, when you're just doing it by yourself, you can do whatever you want, experiment. But when you have somebody watching over you, observing the decisions you make, Dude. suddenly any creative decision you make is an implication of your character to this other person, whether you're subconsciously aware of that or not, you know, and it's kind of, it's, you know. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Um, yeah, uh, dude, a blank Ableton session is a very intimidating thing. Oh, yeah. It's very intimidating, especially Ableton, bro. I feel like Ableton is like, I, I love Ableton and I use it. Mm -hmm. it. It's like my heavy lifting doll, right? Like I make most of my shit in machine because it's like super fun. And I can basically make a whole track with barely touching a mouse and keyboard, which is like, you know, exactly what I try to accomplish. All the macros down. It's just, dude, it's and the pad. You know, if you buy the bigger yeah. pad, you can mm -hmm. essentially do everything you need to on the pad. Like I, I need I need my mouse and keyboard to load a couple instruments, maybe some plugins. Um, moving MIDI around is kind of just easier on the mouse. You can do it on the pad, but it's just easier with a mouse. That's all I use it for. So you dude. use machine within Ableton? No, no, oh, I don't okay. do that. You um, use machine. Yeah, just standalone. Okay, gotcha. Um, machine has its drawbacks for sure. Um, have you have you ever tried using or considered using the push? Uh, I'm sure it's cool, and it's probably a huge step up from machine. But I'm just I'm proficient in machine at this point. Oh, that's I feel like I'm in deep. deep. Yeah, I really no, am. I and mean, that, there's that, cause like that with it with, with me and Ableton. Like, I could probably switch to Bitwig and have a way better time. But like, I've been using Ableton for 14 years. Yeah, now. and it's dude, like, it's like when you have an idea or you have like some inspiration or you just feel like making a song. Like, whatever you're quickest with is like where you should go, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the kind of it's a concept of like the best camera is the one that you have on you, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the the idea there. Um, yeah, a couple words on machine because like that's really what I have made my entire music. Uh, hobby on especially uh, since I've started with the house music thing like I don't know three four years ago um it sucks as a as a dog it, it sucks bro. <laughs> I, I I don't like it. <laughs> it it's super cool because it's so 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 uh expressive and interactive and like there's so much human feel to it but it's lacking very very vital things and native instruments is is trying to sell it as like a daw but it's lacking two things that just keep it from being able to do that um it's lacking uh, automation 
it has automation, but you can't make a fucking diagonal line. You cannot make a diagonal line. How stupid is that, dude? I, so it's just straight. No end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you want to make a sweep, you have to record the automation and turn the knob yourself. Okay. And it's going to make like infinite fucking little data points of it going in a diagonal oh line. Oh my God. So you have to do it a couple times until it sounds natural. Yeah. And it's like Ableton in contrast, which is a tough comparison because Ableton is just dynamite with, with, a, with a automation. You can do whatever you want. So that sucks. There's a couple other things that kind of blow, but I've found workarounds for that I don't even really think about anymore. But the one thing that really fucking blows and the thing that's really holding it back is something called PDC. That's plug-in delay compensation. So what that means is um, uh, plug-in delay compensation is like- He knows what the fuck that means. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so when you load a plugin in Ableton, if it's a really CPU heavy mm. um, okay. plugin, um, it will like delay that audio and Ableton mm -hmm. knows that and it will compensate however the fuck it does and make it so your track still okay. plays in time. Even though your CPU is getting used, you know, you're, you're losing CPU resource, of course, because you just loaded a CPU heavy plugin, but your songs, everything still plays at the same time. Machine doesn't have that. So if I load a bunch oh, of like God. fab filter multibands on a track, that track will be delayed a couple milliseconds and you can hear it. So it's like, I remember like making That's songs crucial, and I put a really wacky Pro-Q3 and I had a bunch of random shit going on with it and it was enough that it created a delay. I remember thinking, I'm like, dude, this kick drum sounds like a hair late. And like, this is a minor example, but I have major examples like like Little Alter Boy, which is a which is a uh, Sound Toys plugin, a uh, great plugin, adds a shitload of latency, but it just delays my vocals by like, we're talking like half a second there. Damn. And it, it destroys. So, so, so is that delay both in just playback and if you were to like bounce it if you like, bounce it it's still there really like, i'm pretty sure right i don't know if i've ever actually tried that but like well typically if you bounce there if you bounce it you should be able to just like like push it to where it is uh, it that's, work. that's why i was asking because that's you because that's how i did i dealt with that in ableton before i realized what the problem was for me it was just ozone if i put ozone yeah, on, ozone on, on whatever then i get that that delay on every one of my plugins no matter what and as soon as i delete it it's gone yeah um but yeah, I've realized that like, uh, what was I going to say? I, I I lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, how you dealt with it in Ableton? Um, well, I, I was going to get more into kind of how, um, like what you're saying with how uh, oh. machine doesn't have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a shitty DAW, right? Yeah. So I I deal with a similar issue with a lot of the hardware that I used to perform on because I use a lot of uh, electron hardware. Which is a similar, it's a similar philosophy where it's kind of like you have, it's a groove box effectively. Right. It's less of a DAW, a hardware DAW kind of like uh, machines being marketed as. And these are more sold as like kind of instruments, like individual synthesizers that can be performed like instruments by themselves or part of a grander whole. Uh, and I think that that, what, it made, what brought my attention more towards those versus machine despite machine being far more capable as a yeah. performance you know hardware and software because of what you said uh what brought me to electron was the fact that electron from as long as i've known about them advertise these things as instruments the things that are simple to learn but extremely complex to master and a lot of the mastery comes in overcoming a lot of the limitations that you have to make this box do really cool and crazy things that you know Low skill floor, high skill ceiling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas, you know, machine is kind of like somewhere in the middle of that okay. where, you know, you have a lot more, the, the performance capabilities are a lot more clear and concise there. But if you're approaching it like you would a DAW, you know, out the gate, then you're going to be frustrated because there's a lot. Whereas I, fi I figure 
that's kind of an issue that I have with it too, because I know exactly what you mean as far as like them marketing it as a DAW, when in reality, in all the situations that I've seen the machine used well, it's either been in the context of creating loops for beats right or used live to perform stuff out yeah. live yeah like fred again does yeah um, exactly. I, I tried to do the live thing uh, with machine um because again i was making all my songs in machine um so the problem with the plug-in delay compensation comes along when you try to do like a mix and you're loading a bunch of fucking uh plugins and stuff i wanted to only use machine when i first started out when i was doing my first album uh which is called home um, and that's what I did. And I still do some mixes just all in machine because like, I kind of know what plugins are going to give me uh delay and which ones aren't some most, uh, most a good, like 60% of my plugins don't do it at all. So I can use those, but then some do. So you just kind of learn how to like work around mm -hmm. again. Like, you know, if you're using machine to make an entire song, it's just work around after work around after work around. And I've, I've, you know, gotten to the point where I almost want to make like a YouTube series, just like sharing all like the little tricky tricks that I've learned. Um, cause some of them are just so natural to me now, but you it should. took me like a week to figure out how to pull it off in the first place. Um, but anyway, um, so I was doing like little open mics at like Terraformata, um, and I would bring up my laptop and my machine pad. And what I would do is I would load it, load up machine within Ableton, right? Two instances of machine within Ableton hmm. and my pad can switch between the instances. So I would have one song on one and one on the other. And I would play the first song and then I could literally like, you know, m maybe I would mute all the instruments and just have the drums going. And then I can mute the drums on the other one and then bring in the instruments of the other one because it's all tempo sync because it's all running within Ableton. So it's on the same clock, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was so much fun, bro. That was so cool. I was doing like live electronic sets. It's like, really, that sounds just like really overcomplicated DJ. <laughs> it is, but That's, it was that really is, cool yes. because, <laughs> because I had mad control over everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, my whole project is in front of me on this pad. Yeah, so awesome. if it was like, I want to just like mute a kick drum for a second or like do like a fucking like scratch or like do a filter sweep over the whole song, maybe just a filter sweep over the vocals, anything, I could do it. It was super fun. That's and cool. I wasn't just pressing play on the That's song. Cool. I was like, the song is laid out in scenes. So I would just like mm -hmm. click through the scenes when it's time to move to the next thing. So I had like mad control over everything. That was super like, just super empowering. I really like doing that. The problem is, uh, you know, I get to the second song. Now I need to load up a different project on the first one. And when I was doing my album home, my projects were a little bit more uh, like just just smaller, just less intensive. And it, it worked. Um, but then as I did my second album, they started to get a little bit more hefty and my computer would just crash. Uh, and that happened to me a bunch at that fucking Terraformata open mic. And it got to the point where I just, I quit doing it. I just couldn't make it happen anymore, man. And like, I tried different, I tried workarounds for days and days and days to make that happen. Uh, but I did do one hour set that was really, really cool. I had a whole thing planned out. I even did like transitions between the songs in case I had a crash, which I did have a crash. Um, but I still had like the music going somehow. I, I don't really remember how, but, uh, that was super, super fun. Um, so I'm happy to have pulled that off and kind of make like that whole like idea of how to perform more or less a success in my mind, but, uh, it just wasn't sustainable long-term, bro. My computer just couldn't handle it. I could have gotten a better computer, I guess, but whatever. Well, I mean, now they have the machine, the, the Mark three, I think that's standalone. Uh, it's called you know? the machine plus, machine plus, which is the Mark three, but it's in a standalone version. I have my gripes with that. I don't have it. I've thought about getting one. Um, you can't really you can't really do like song to song with that because again it's only going to load one oh, project at a time. Yeah. So yeah. there's that problem. If you can have multiple projects within one project, dope. You probably can't because that thing's CPU bound to its own CPU. So how much can you really have going at once? Fair. I've heard that you can pretty much load that CPU pretty quickly. Um, so that's the gripe with uh, trying to do live performances with that. The biggest gripe I have with it is it is not battery powered, so it has to be plugged into the wall, mm. bro. What the fuck? 
That sucks so bad. Yeah, like, that's by far and away my biggest issue with, like I said, my, the electron stuff that I work with too. It's like it's I not battery powered. No, dude, fuck, like, man, like it's a battery in it. It's like this little ram in there. Put a battery in it, fuck. But and like there are people that do the mods for like. 60 bucks because you just have I've to seen people yeah, you have it's to open sad. it up you have to solder a fucking lithium battery to it and was, it just works it's sad there's was, this conversation make was making me think with without like modular like people building pcs and stuff why why isn't that more common in like the music space yeah <laughs> can i say what uh, i'm pretty sure i don't know this 100 percent, but i from what i've like conversations i've seen in the forums i'm pretty sure that the reason that a lot of synthesizer people don't do battery operated stuff on their higher end gears for the sake of longevity because the batteries can go bad after you know however long versus whatever hardware components because right now in, in any of those the why not just have like it be a replaceable battery what why not instead of an internal built-in battery just have replaceable ones like because then like, that, like because how cameras that, work because legit because that would probably make the product cost a lot more cost is another is thing yeah yeah, because then you have to think of the logistics of instead of just building a solid steel square panel, now you have to carve out the hole, get the screws, make sure that the screws have something milled that they can screw into for the battery, space for the battery. You know, it's a whole like thing you got to compensate for with this. But wouldn't that kind of off? Yeah. Wouldn't that be offset by the fact that they don't have to include a battery in the package? They could make it so you have a. Uh, you can. Couldn't they just make it so you can plug it in? Or have a battery, like make it interchangeable. Yeah, wouldn't, it, he, wouldn't it be nice? There's obviously yeah, there's like I'm thinking. Like, I'm trying to compare it to like a lot of how cameras work, like common everyday cameras. I think it just needs so much power. It needs like you know, it's a computer you're running. So um, eventually they'll be able to do it on a battery. I'm I'm really holding out for the Machine Plus Two. Uh, there's no word on that. I'm making that up. I'm assuming they're gonna do one because I'm sure the Machine Plus did good enough. You heard it here, folks. Here you heard it here. First, folks, <laughs> it's coming out. It's happening. You I really hope it. so, man, because like I think the next thing they do with that will be the one. Because right now there's a bunch of problems. It, you have to have it plugged into a wall. All the software it's running is like ported software from a PC to this machine, uh -huh. so it's not that great. A, a Kai, it's not I'm like a, optimized for it. Yeah, just, uh, the MPC one and I think the Akai Force are uh, competitors to this. I don't know if those are battery powered. I think one of them is at least the Akai Force. I'm pretty sure is. I, I think it is, is too. I really don't know though. Maybe not. But uh, those have like native. I think I'm pretty sure. I know the Force. I'm pretty sure does because uh, Flint Blade uses one of those. And uh, you know, shout out Flint. Um, and he told me that his stuff is native. Although he has his own gripes with that one. Like the EQ is really shitty. Um, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Dustin could give you a whole list of gripes about the force. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I'm hoping that the machine plus two, if they ever make it, will be battery-powered and have just, like, better software optimization because if they can pull those two things off, bro, you you won't catch me without one. You know what I'm I mean? I'm just imagining, like, the my little synth is... I know it's not the same because it's much more simplified, but my little synth that I got is both battery and wall. Yeah. You could do either one. I'm just imagining just scale that up. You know? Yeah, man. I hope they do it soon. I we mean, don't. dude, we're in 2024 now. It's like, it really is a question of like, boys, like, what the fuck? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Like, you know that if you make this thing battery powered, it'd be sick. Like, I remember seeing when the Machine Plus came out, there's this girl um, on Instagram who just does a bunch of machine content. And she like 
bought this like external battery pack thing that like creates like essentially wall outlet voltage or whatever. Cool. And it lasted her for like two hours and she went and sat under a tree and made a beat on machine, which is like the idea that everyone had when it's like, oh, it's a standalone machine. I could take this to the fucking park and like make music. Like that's the idea. That's what everyone wants to do. And it's like for her to have to get like an external battery and like fucking think about it. Or I mean, no. to be fair, the power banks that they sell nowadays are pretty fucking crazy for the price. Like, you can get a power bank that'll last you, you know, a solid five hour beat making session for like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean, but that's yeah, so you have to spend that extra couple hundred yeah. dollars, but you either spend it there or you spend it on the product to have that battery. Yeah. In I think place. we just want it. That was my point with product. making, making removable batteries. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could totally see machines doing like, like a proprietary removable battery that's rechargeable. Yeah. Why that's, not? That's kinda, sell like more proprietary batteries right. and let me charge it while I'm using one. And then when it's time, exactly. you just like save your project, slip it out, put another one in. Just like good to go. a lot. Well, and also a lot, lot of tech does this camera. I keep saying cameras fucking like uh video game controller, like Xbox controllers. There's all kinds of stuff that has yeah. exactly what you're describing. You could either power it with a cable or rechargeable proprietary battery they make their money oh ooh, pizza there's pizza they make their money hell yeah off they can make their money back by just uh making more of those batteries and people people will buy them yeah dude i'd, I'd buy them and i mean like let's look at like you know the machine plus uh is wall powered because it's like essentially a computer in a little box and that's tough to make battery powered but uh is it because laptops have G batteries so like what the fuck are we doing there a GPU but, running but, at that thing or what fucking gpu <laughs> yeah, thing is, is yes. hooking up with native instruments thing Imagine. Is that, <laughs> yes laptops are battery powered but oftentimes when they are on battery power they're a lot weaker and, and even yeah. then yeah. the battery power is not great when you're doing anything resource intensive at all yeah i mean if you're using a machine unless you drop four thousand dollars like i'd and you know, if, and so to the credit for a lot of this hardware, this thing is insane. a lot, a lot of the credit to this hardware. A lot of it is pushing whatever the, CP, the CPU limit of the hardware is to its limit in order to make it as smooth and stable as possible. Yeah. And so, in order to you know maintain that stability, it probably utilizes a lot of power. Yeah. Hopefully, thus, if they make a new one. They'll and have this is like a cooling from, solution I too. Have no idea what I'm talking about for the record. <laughs> this is all speculation <laughs> in this for this particular, but yeah. So yeah, the my whole house music thing is like on machine uh i really do love it at the end of the day but it's like since i love it i have a bunch of gripes with it because i wish it was uh better in a lot of ways um but yeah you know i've been doing it for a good amount of years now i have three albums out they're all like more or less eps they all have like six songs on them um i have like three songs in the bank right now that i just need to like buckle down and put out uh it's really tough for me to finish post-production i wish i could just pay someone to do post-production but i didn't go that route so i do it myself and um uh, it's a it's a journey. Post production is a real bitch. Let me tell you. We gotta go. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if I. It's it's the price. It's the it's the it's the artistic uh, vision. It's the it's all it's all that jazz. And I'm I'm in the hole far enough now where it's yeah, like, I completely. I'm just gonna. Yeah. And it's like you know as you get better, and try get, try and convince your artistic vision to that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Boy. The one that we're thinking of. Yeah, he'll probably do it for cheap, but he'll do it in his way. He'll do it his in way. his image. Luckily, I'm I'm a little fortunate because I'm I'm doing like lo-fi house, so it's like sometimes when shit doesn't really sound that good, you just pass it off it's as lo-fi lo and yeah, you know, send it on its way yeah. kind of thing. Beats to study uh, and chill too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely uh, with this new stuff I'm making uh, or I have made. I more or less have finished. I'm definitely going like more of like a lo-fi route because that was like kind of the goal in the first place was to do lo-fi house, and then like. I kind of just ended up making whatever came to me. A lot of it is like lo-fi influence, but some of it's really just like not lo-fi house. It's like just like tech housey or whatever. I was whatever. about to say, because I was listening to um, your latest DP uh, that you released last April, I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think I released it in May, but funny enough, I called it April. Oh, it was so. April. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was called April. 
I was listening to that and I was like, this doesn't sound very like I understand. I can definitely hear the lo-fi influence, influence but the production yeah. on it is very solid. Yeah, like, thank it you. sounds thank good. You. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely leaning into that a lot more. I've got to, it sounds very akin to the stuff that um, like Sofa Sound makes, kind of that like oh, groovy, interesting, like kind of house. I'm bad at remembering, like recalling names of tracks, but what I've heard of yours so far, I agree, is very well produced. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, guys. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, so um, I've kind of just like I've gotten a couple pieces of software that have really helped me lean into the lo-fi style. Um, before I was kind of just filtering stuff, mm. right? Just like filtering the drums and like just cutting off high end and going that route. Uh, now I'm using three different pieces of software to kind of achieve a lo-fi style. And they're all so badass. Uh, one of them is RC20, of course. I don't know if you guys know what RC20 is, but it I is, not. uh, it's a plugin that's a lot of people are using nowadays. And it's kind of like a modular thing where it has like vinyl crackle. It has distortion. It has like a little delay and reverb. And there's just like a bunch of different ways to kind of achieve kind of an old soundy style kind of vibe. Cool. That one's a little subtle. You can go really hard with it, but it's kind of subtle. You can do a lot of stuff with it. It's not just for lo-fying stuff, but it, I, I really like the way that they implemented vinyl crackle because there's like kind of a follow thing with it. So it's like if the song or if the, if, if the channel isn't making sound, the vinyl crackle can like fade out. So you can really have a lot of control over the vinyl sound. Um, there's another thing called sketch cassette, which fucking kicks ass, bro. Sketch, sketch cassette is so sick. Um, it's really just like a lo-fi plugin. There's a lot you can do with it. Um, but what I like about it is there's like a bunch of like, it's not presets, but it's just like, um, modes in a way. So there's like three modes that are like master modes where it's like really shitty sounding, kind of mid sounding, actually kind of good sounding. And then within that, there's four different modes that mm -hmm. all do the same thing where it's like really shitty, uh, you know, mid high, mid, and then high. Right. So then you have like all these like different flavors, however many that adds up to was like four times three. Um, so you have like 12 different types that you can go from, uh, fucking math whiz over here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, that's just like a starting point. Then you have other shit that you can manipulate past that in the plugin. And it's just so good for like busing stuff to sound lo-fi. So that's super cool. And then there's something called RX 950, um, which is a super, super simple plugin. It's based off of a rack piece. Uh, I can explain to you everything that it does. It's an input output gain. So you can smash an input gain and lower the output gain and get like distortion and like compression that way. Cool. Um, there is a filter on it with a set resonance. Use it if it sounds good. Most of the time it doesn't. So whatever. It has an audio bandwidth knob, which is essentially just a sample rate degrader. Um, that's all it's really doing. So what that's useful for is like if you need to cut off like uh, like annoying high end on something, this is an interesting way to do it. Where if you were to just roll it off with an EQ, it sounds like you rolled it off with an EQ. That might be fine. But sometimes... I want to get rid of some high end in a way that doesn't sound like it's EQ'd. And this like sample rate degrading thing is like the way to fucking it do it. Yeah, it works so well. And it, it, this one doesn't sound too, uh, like bit, bit ratey. You know what I mean? When it sounds like really distorted, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds smooth in a way. And it's, okay. it's really nice. You know, I heard that same exact technique used by in the opposite direction on, um, by Noah, by 40, the yeah, producer, yeah. By producer for Drake's producer. He used that technique a lot on his like early stuff, a lot on views where he would do the same thing, but rolling off the low end, which would end up getting you that like really like warbly kind of almost underwater kind of uh, I think you have it backwards, dude. He was rolling off high end doing that. Yeah, because when you lower sample rate, you're going to... Oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're, no, you're right. You're right. It was, yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I remember but, seeing that. He did a, he did an episode of Pensado's Place, um, and he was yeah, talking was about that. Yeah, the same that. video that I saw. Dude, yeah. Pensado's Place, such a gift For to this really. world. Dave Pensado, what a fucking legend, man. Absolutely. Living legend, absolutely. Um, same thing with 40, dude. He's incredible. I'm like... 
a Drake fan, I guess. Uh, Drake's cool. I'm not really a big rap fan, but like just hearing 40s beats, uh, definitely do, more of a do not disturb is a song <laughs> off of uh, More Life, and that sample, dude. Oh my god, it's I, so good. We we've memed on Drake quite a bit, but one thing I won't meme on for is the production. The dude, beat, the production, is, even the production is, that is 40 classic. isn't on, like he knows how to choose his beats a lot yeah. of the time. Maybe not as much like except, with his recent album, except for that one like like dance like house album he did was kind of mid. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I haven't looked but, into the modern stuff, but yeah, I mean anyone he's working with like, is going to be world class, so it's going to be good. But specifically the stuff 40 does, I wonder if 40 even did. Uh, the Do Not Disturb album or the song because I'm pretty sure in the song he actually says like if Wonder do the beat uh, and then a line I don't know who Wonder is but maybe he did that beat anyway it has that exact same 40 style where it's like all super like underwater soundy like all the high ends mm -hmm. rolled off so yeah and then that RX950 piece has a, a brilliance knob on the back end which is just another way to control high end you turn it up and it kind of gets a little bit shinier you turn it down it gets a little bit duller it's really subtle uh, it's really good sometimes and sometimes it does nothing I don't know Sometimes it's useful, uh, but yeah, that 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 uh, that that phrase can apply to just literally anything. Yeah, I know, but that tree of plugins useful. is like really it's good. All, at the end of the day, it's all artistic, you know. Yeah, like what are you going for? What what do you have available to you? What you're trying to find different ways to accomplish what you want, you know. And sometimes you might use something that's not what it's intended for, but it still gets you the result you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So when I'm, I, I was trying to have a song out by the time I came here, but uh, I kind of just finished tweaking it like in the last three days so i'm planning on putting that through distro kid pretty soon here and having cool. it up on everything um and i think that these I'm, I'm gonna start doing singles i've been doing this whole like six song album thing for a while and i just want to do more releases i don't know i don't, I don't really have like a huge following i have a couple of people who are like su super super nice and like they tell me they listen to my stuff all the time which is just like you know one of like the greatest feelings ever yeah, i have absolutely. to say like it's really yeah. amazing like you know sh shout out griffin he's been like one of my fans lately Peter. um uh, I don't know Peter Griffin. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm retarded. God damn it. You made me do the Peter Griffin. Yeah, was, <laughs> like un unintentionally. Damn. You pulled that out of me. That was weird. Uh, anyway. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these, these couple singles I'm going to be releasing, uh, definitely lean into the lo-fi style a lot more and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty soaked on them. Um, so that's gonna be pretty that's cool. Awesome. And yeah, that, that's pretty much where I'm at with the project. Um, I don't really do too many collabs with people. I have one girl, her name's Alexis. She goes by Alexis Rose. Um, oh yeah, as, yeah you, you guys know her. Yeah, yeah. she's 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 a super nice girl, really Alexis. talented, incredible singer. Absolutely. Um, I had her come through for like a little vocal session just to get some vocal samples from her. And I, all I did was I listened to a bunch of pop punk before she came over and just wrote down like shit that I thought of as I was listening to it. You know, steal a word here and there and just make a different phrase kind of thing. And I just had her sing it. It was like super awkward. She didn't know, know what she was doing, <laughs> but like but she she knows how to sing. She knows what she's doing, but she was just like, what the fuck is this guy having me do? Right. Yeah. That's where she was kind of confused. But I just like, you know, put a song that I already made. So she gets the tempo and maybe the key. And like she would just like kind of spit. Uh, the same sample over and over again and I made more or less like a sample pack for myself That's and I've cool. been using that same fucking pack for so long I keep saying like man I should really have her in for another session and get more of these but it's like every time I need to pull from that file it's like well I haven't used this one yet and, and it works I, Dude, I, it's incredible you know it, very different method but same I guess ethos or something we, I I've, over the course of the years of editing this podcast and of dabbling with making a little bit of music here and there too I have saved like hundreds of random sound bites and sound effects yeah 
um, and quotes and like all kinds of random shit. And I just put them in a file that I share between him, me, and yeah, healthy thing to do, bro. Yeah, you, I just it's it's amazing all. how when you pull they come back and be useful. Build, the, building the sound library is the biggest tip that yeah. any new producer can acquire. Yeah, ever. and when when I was recording the band, like I heard someone say it. I think it was in like TV or something. It was like I think oh I remember what it was. It was a news clip. Uh, I wasn't involved, but it's an internet thing where this like guy is in like some country ass town, I guess, and a bug flies in. I know what you're talking about. And yeah. he's like, yep. I'm tired of this country ass yep. town. What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? The fuck is that? Shit! I'm dying in this fucking country ass fucked up town. <laughs> I love that. I think they had like the cameraman like say something and he was just like yeah they teach you like never stop recording just keep recording because it's like it's worth it and it's like it's so true in the studio man because you pick up so much cool stuff and some yeah. some bands definitely we, overdo it like a data member overdid it on their uh common courtesy album where they just have so many bites from the studio that it gets like super cheesy but if you get like a couple cool ones you can make so much cool shit and uh <laughs> we have a little inside joke that i don't know how many times we've actually like followed through on it a couple times but we just have an inside joke that every time we hear some interesting noise, we're like, sample that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Immediately. Absolutely. It's worth it. I'll, I'll tell you guys the coolest sample I ever did. Um, I was at my parents' house, just out of college, trying to start recording with a band. You know, I, I think I was no job at the time. Might have just started the TV thing. Um, so my parents kind of live on top of this hill. And my recording setup was just like my computer and interface and my guitar amp. It's a you know 60 watt tube amp. It's a black star normal amp i guess i don't know how this happened but i'm sitting there with my guitar i think i told you about this you thing. told me about yeah. this. Uh, i'm sitting there with my guitar plugged into the interface and i'm just like scrolling my phone or something and i'm hearing you know ground noise a little bit or just like some fuzz like normal fuzz because i probably had the gain cranked or something and i just hear something weird and i'm like what the fuck is this so i'm like it sounds like it's coming from the amp like i'm like oh fuck is there like a buzz from the wall outlet like what the fuck is this and i turn it up and i fucking shit you not. I hear people talking. Okay. I'm not insane. I, I'll, I'll get there. So like now I crank the amp and crank the gain and crank the headphones and I'm picking up radio frequencies through my amp. Don't oh, know how so it doesn't hard. happen anymore. I, it was just the right place with the right equipment or whatever the fuck. And, uh, <laughs> I ended up recording a bunch of it and That's there's sick. a sample where we did this song on that, uh, Everglades album or EP and we did like an extended version where we did like a little intro to one of the songs we thought was cool. And it's like, as we go out of like, kind of like the slow chill intro, there's like a big like wave of guitar, like feedback or whatever. And then it kind of just goes into like radio crackly noise, which is a sample coming in. And then the fucking radio guy goes in the context of, I appreciate that I'm not under investigation. Oh, anyway, you're fired. Dude, it sounds sick. I, I'm, can, I, so, can I use that song for the outro? Yeah, yeah dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's super sad to listen to that stuff. I'm not with that band anymore, but it, it's good music, man. I swear to God. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's, it, it sounds so cool. Um, and it works so well. Like I was obviously talking about Trump cause like Trump was just like in the news 24 seven and you know, he's always firing people, but, uh, it was just, it's a sick sound bite, man. Uh, so yeah, sam sampling, sampling's fun. So random, like I'm not really going anywhere. I don't have like, I'm not going to a topic with this. It's just a random aside. Uh, you're talking about like right place, right time, like catching those frequencies somehow. Sure. I, I went down this like two day out of nowhere, two day, like YouTube rabbit hole about ham radio. <laughs> really? That shit okay. is fascinating. I don't really know much about it. Well, cause number one, 
it's like a whole other world of audio equipment. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. And, and it's crazy. I'm not going to get all deep into it, but one of the things that, um, I learned is that they, people who are really into ham radio or just radio in, in general, it applies generally, but ham radio is, it's more an enthusiast yeah. thing. Um, they actually track like weather patterns and also solar patterns and also has to do with like time of year and all these things because it actually affects the way the radio frequencies bounce off the atmosphere. Oh, that's so weird. And so you can get signals to travel further at like certain times of the year and certain weather conditions where normally your signal will only reach to here because of just distance, but because of the weather being the way it is and the time of year and the solar, whatever, it can actually bounce off the atmosphere and travel to the other side of the world much That's further so than it normally would. It's crazy. It's really it's it's amazing. I really recommend both of you guys well, I'm, check out that shit. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's, no, it's so so dope. I'm going in the to same way anyway eventually. In the same oh yeah, that makes sense for you yeah. for the drone stuff. Mm -hmm. In the same way that like people in music they you know make home studios and stuff ham radio people they call them ham shacks <laughs> they have it's a, it's a common thing to like make it's like your dream setup of like all of your equipment and gear um in just a studio little space where you can operate everything um it's it's really cool i wonder what like are they trying to hear is there is there broadcasts on ham radio? No, or they're just so really ham, listening to like static. No, well, yes. So sometimes ham radio is basically a, a a cutout section of all radio frequencies sure. that are dedicated just for like civilian or like enthusiast use, hobbyist use. Oh, really? And it's uh, not all, but many countries recognize it and you have to be licensed to use it. Hmm. It's not just anybody can do it. You have to be licensed. Um, you have to pass a test um, and you get a call sign and everything. You have to use your call sign and stuff. And there's, so there's like etiquette to it. There's a way to actually correctly operate on those frequencies. Um, and one of the things, so there's like competitions that people do where like, they try to get as many connections as possible with other people that are operating radio, uh, other side of the world, other places in their country or whatever. Um, there's like rec there's like competitions to see how many connections you can make um, or this connection uh, competitions on how far you can get a connection, uh, how like distance wise. There's also you can also triangulate signals of like where a broadcast is coming from. And so you can actually, there's people will do meetups and there'll be like a beacon set somewhere and they, it's and hidden. You can find it. You it's get hidden. The, yeah. And you can, it's very simple actually. That's so sick. The, the, the setup required to do that triangulation is actually stupid dummy simple. You can make it with like measuring tape. You just, <laughs> you make an antenna and then you have to list one little piece of gear. That's basically like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know deep enough to explain all that part, but it seems dummy simple. And you can basically... Basically, you're like waving the thing around to figure out where the strong signal is coming from, right? You figure out, okay, it's coming from that direction. And then you have to, you do, you travel um, horizontal to it. And then you go around again and you find where that signal is. And you've created a triangle like slice 
when you're if you're like sketching it correctly and then that's you're literally triangulating where that signal huh. is coming from specifically pinpoint and so people will do ham radio enthusiasts will do meetups where like beacons are set and people have to find them manually by going out in the woods and like looking oh, for it. Shit. And this then the like mecha nerdy, man. It's so <laughs> dope though. It's so freaking cool. But people use ham for not just fun stuff, like because emergency um signal, like police and fire and stuff, they don't use that. Uh, they don't use um the ham frequencies bands, but enthusiasts will part of the reason they're so into it is for like disaster prep or living off grid or like Uh all kinds of things like that community more uh reliable ways of communication if like cell towers go down or whatever the fuck radio will still be there right pretty much radio like well is in a way is a more reliable like constant way of communicating it's really fascinating oh, <laughs> I, I was really deep i was like for like two days straight my youtube feed was just non-stop like ham radio and radio because there's like some youtubers that are just that's all they yeah they're enthusiasts no, it's it's yeah. fucking cool well i mean it's kind of it's it is good to know just because it is sort of like a it's an analog technology it's an analog means of technological communication yeah. that isn't like yeah. morse code right. you know to where you can still communicate dude, sound with dude. people but you know without having like a computer necessarily with, with the correct setup and know-how you can use ham radio to communicate with satellites you can communicate with the iss you, you can literally talk to people on the iss oh, no they, they do that sometimes when they pass over like a region or whatever they'll just connect you can connect i was watching a, a guy on youtube do that where he the, the iss was like about to pass over and you tune to a certain frequency or whatever i don't know again i don't know that deep as they do but they would literally connect with the ISS and they were talking to some astronaut for a couple minutes and then they let him go and then connected to another person. And like, it was so dope. Then you can also send email over radio. There is a thing. There's like an emergency R mail. Um, (laughs) There's another term for it. I forget what it was, but there's like a, um, the example that they gave of why you would do this is like as an emergency way of sending less important, um, information while like at sea if you're like at sea and there's like nothing around you can um and there's you know satellites overhead or whatever um you can send radio signals to to satellite or to wherever the closest like there's relays too there's like a lot of cities will have like relays to um help boost signals um but they'll send signals to whatever and then that thing the 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 they're sending a type of signal that's not regular to speech. It's like code and it gets translated into the form of email and you can send it to an email address. Like literally I can, Interesting. if somebody has the right setup, they could send me an email and I can log into my Gmail and see their email that they sent via radio. That's so weird. There's so much cool shit you can do with ham radio. It's, it's really, I, I, I had no idea. It was so like, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, I would want to learn it beyond just the drone applications, wanting to learn it for, like, survival. Because I feel like if shit hit the fan, like, that would be such a valuable thing just to know how to operate a radio. Mm -hmm. Even if you just had, like, a handheld one that had, like, some advanced features that you just knew how to use would be huge. But as far as, like, building a ham shack, that's, like... That's so. That sounds like a lot of money. That's. I mean, it's as That's, deep as building a studio for yeah. yourself. Pretty much, it's like the same. No, yeah, absolutely. Level of depth. Is there? No, but okay. So I guess what made me think differently about it was like, is there any money to be made off the hobby at all? I don't 
Cause think that so, really, cause I think that, that, <laughs> that would kind of be what I feel like would push something like that into being a lot more mainstream. Cause it is really cool. It's very deep, very nerdy, but what I feel like what keeps it from being like more of a thing is the, um, there being a more of like a, a general practical application I, of that skill set for that sure hardware. I couldn't name it, but I'm sure that there's money to ma be made being an, a radio engineer and having those skills. Oh, and, yeah, just having the license, but, I'm sure. However, yeah. the ham radio enthusiast aspect, uh, it's not like you, it's not like the same thing as uh, making music and putting it out there and growing a fan base and then eventually building a career. Yeah, there's really, cool. there really isn't that in ham. Because ham is literally specifically for fun, like it's kind of what it's carved out. I for. mean, hey, as, it's for enthusiasts, as a musician, you know, I all my respect to anybody doing shit for just the passion of it, not making a yeah, single right, cent exactly. of money. You know, I'm right there with you. You know, I'm just it's. I saw know. a meme the other day. It said like, "Would you still make music if no one listened to your music and you made no money off it?" It's like that. That's exactly it just what so happens. <laughs> yeah, it just so happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably be inclined <laughs> to make more music, honestly, without that added pressure. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. God. Oh yeah. You guys got any music projects coming up or anything like that? Like any releases? Uh look at me. Yeah, I get uh I don't have anything necessarily planned right now, though uh once I kind of get more acclimated in my new job, I plan on probably investing more of my free time into working on my next album. There you go. Nice. I'd like to. Yeah, it's been a while. And feel like I've got a lot of like I, I've networked enough. I got a lot of like really awesome music talent like around me, like kind of close that I could, you know, leverage towards making something like really cool. Really yeah. Better. How do you guys feel about collaborating? Like just in general? I love it. I in concept love it because here's the thing. I'm not, I would not call myself, I would not label myself a musician. Okay. I have no skill with mute with, with uh, instruments to begin with. And my experience with producing stuff is very like, I've just made stuff for myself. I've made stuff for the podcast uh, early on, like intros, outros stuff. And it was all very low skill, like just just literally just figuring it out. Yeah, you're learning as how I to go. program a computer. Yeah, like so then it's all right. Yeah. And I, I I probably have I have more knowledge and skill than somebody who doesn't do anything, uh -huh. but I have nowhere near as like either of you guys. So like I don't, I don't have like I'm not work, I'm not working on projects in that sense of like um, okay. making an album or an EP or anything. Well, you got the pro you got the podcast. I do the podcast, right? Yeah. So I, I treat the audio for the podcast. I do that kind of stuff. We do the open mic. So like I, I'm more of an audio engineer rather than like a music producer. That's yeah. more, I guess, is a better title for what I do. And um, I do dabble with it though because I find it fun and it's a little bit of an outlet and it's like something sure. different to occupy my mind instead of the regular stuff. And um, here and there. Like I've worked with our friends on stuff. Like I've made a beat with a friend uh, that he plans to put on his second album. Um, I've worked with Mike a couple times. Yeah. Got like, the one beat with the shaker. That was dope. Yeah. I've made a few beats that were like good, yeah. but were not like they were not intended to be a project necessarily. I hear you. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um, so like here and there. I mean, eventually we do plan to eventually do some kind of collab thing. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I just think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. He would do most of the heavy lifting. Probably. I'd probably just be making some funny noises and I don't know. Oh, that's the fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of the thing. Like, so the way I look at it, I I'm kind of my approach to uh collaboration is very inspired by Kanye West where it's kind of like, 
I am bringing you on not because I'm trying to it well, I mean, in part to, you know, appeal both to your to bring together my audience and your audience, you know, and you know push each other mutually that way. But also because whoever I'm bringing on for a very specific song, I'm bringing them on for a very specific reason, a very specific set. Yeah, you feel like they yeah. fit the vibe. Or and that's what's maybe. really cool about a lot of the talent around here is that it's very diverse and there's a lot of very unique talent around mm -hmm. here, a lot of unique voices uh, and sounds and producers and, you know, things that I can hear utilized in within the context of something that i would compose that would make it a grander piece you know than you know having somebody else love sample yeah. that yeah exactly <laughs> seeing seeing and recognizing somebody else's artistic vision and how it can apply to bettering your own projects that you apply your artistic vision to and then learning from that you say you know artistic I mean? or autistic he said autistic both 100 <laughs> you know, I mean, the, uh, the two are interchangeable. in this context the two are just are very interchangeable a really good uh, example i just thought of of uh of us actually sampling something i genuinely but, didn't mean to say that but, <laughs> but it works you know it does work but i but you know what i mean you, do, you know what i meant a couple good examples of us going sample that and actually doing it in ways that worked out was um I won't name the bar, but at a bar, we were hanging out and on the table, I just had my vape and I was like clicking the vape just on the table and it made a specific like noise. And then I took a second one and did them together at the same time mm -hmm. or did them back to back or something. Right. And we recorded that and it made it like a really interesting, almost clap or like clicker type noise. A rim shot. Yeah. yeah. That's what that would be. Sure. Yeah. What block went rim shot. So we sampled that one time, the shaker thing you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. We were at Dustin's. No, we were here. We were here. We were here. We were in here. this very room. We were here in this very room. Uh, we were with Dustin. Mm -hmm. that, that's what it was. And I'm not talking to the mic. Uh, we were Ooh, here. I didn't realize. We were here and I was working on something. Just I just started making something. I'll show it to you after we're done. Um, and I forget whose idea it was, but somebody said, uh, you grabbed one shaker and our buddy Iran grabbed another one and we just had a mic of 57 or something mm -hmm. and you guys were just shaking it and it was like two, di this. two, yeah, two different shakers that sound different at the same time slightly diff like off from each other and it just worked so well in the, the beat that I made oh my god it was really cool uh, I pulled off one of my like most proud moments of audio engineering recently where I have this song and there's a little bit of randomness to like a delay that I put on a hi-hat and one of my bounces just worked really well, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, I have a mix project and then I have like my mastering project. And I'm sure as you know, the mastering project is just the stereo file. And then I manipulate that mm -hmm. and that's it. Okay. Do so, you, um, quick question to, just to add to yeah, go ahead. your process. Do you do the thing where people, you have like a B track that you're trying to compare to like for reference? A reference track. Yeah, reference um, track. I believe in referencing so, 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 so much. I don't do it as much as I should, but whenever like someone's talking to me about like getting into music, I'm like, dude, reference, reference, mm -hmm. reference, 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 reference your headphones, reference your car, reference your we're, studio. We're talking about we're talking about yep. that with uh, um, Makani. Makani. Yeah, that's that's pretty much who I was talking yeah. about. Shout out Makani. Um, shout out so, CJ algorithm. Yeah, it's just it's 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 everything, man. It's like referencing is everything. It's you you learn how your speakers supposed to sound. You learn how bass is supposed to sound out through these headphones or through yeah. your room or whatever. When I first exactly. made the rock album, when I was first learning, I was like sending these mixes out to the bandmates. And one of them got back to me. He's like, bro, why is there so much bass? He's like, I'm playing it through my Bluetooth speaker and this bass is ridiculous. Mm. I don't have a subwoofer in my room. I had two eight inch, <laughs> I still have them, two eight inch Yamahas, which are big speakers, but they don't really put out a lot of bass. So I'm cranking this fucking bass guitar and in my studio, it sounds great. But like through any other normal speaker, it's just... 
like just all base. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's just I, you know, I should reference. And that's what, but that's what visualizer software is really good for because like. Yeah, it is still like no matter what, no matter how experienced you are, it's always good to listen to the mix on as many different, yeah. you know, circumstances as possible to make sure that it's as well-rounded as possible. But generally, after doing that for long enough, you can kind of like when you do that while watching like reference software, you can see what a good mix looks like in yeah. a lot of contexts for different genres, different styles, et cetera, you know? And so like in a lot of ways, it can kind of help you get there a lot faster. You still need to, but to run it through paces of doing, of referencing it through a bunch of things, but you would probably need to do it a lot fewer times. Yeah. The way, the way yeah. I'm, okay. I was going to say, I wanted to, I derailed you from your original point. You're good. You're talking about, you have a project for your mix and then a project for right. master. And then I cut you off. I don't know where you Okay. Going. So yeah. Um, well, just to finish up the referencing, uh, the way I'm referencing now is I'm actually using references within Ozone, which is really cool because uh, that I think a lot of us use that master assistant, which will give you like a starting point for an EQ curve, a dynamic EQ a compressor that they never that Ozone will never turn on ever. I don't know why they even bother with it. And then they do a limiter and the Ozone limiter is fucking trash. Uh, from my opinion, a lot of people use it. I think it's awful. It, it breaks up so early. I don't know why. Anyway, um, if you can load in a reference, <clears throat> so instead of just listening to your song and being like, I, the ozone thinks it should sound like this, it's just it's just a suggestion and it, it helps you when you know you're not a fucking mastering engineer, mm -hmm. but we're all trying to be. Uh, but you can load in a reference and have it like do the fucking AI shit or whatever yeah. with a reference. And that has actually like made ozone so much more helpful to me. That EQ curve makes so much more sense now. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so my greatest fucking engineering thing, I'm just like super proud of this. So I have a stereo file. Um, I love the song. The randomness of the hi-hat worked out really, really good. I think it sounds good. I don't want to make another bounce. Um, and the snare was just too loud. I, I have a tendency to make snares like way too loud in my mixes. I don't really know why, but I do. And I'm like listening to the song more and more over. It's hard. I don't know, dude. I don't know why. It's like <laughs> I listen to really good lo-fi house or just house in general. And the snare is not that loud. It's really fucking not most of the time. It's actually relatively quiet. It just cuts because it's mm -hmm. like you know, kind of an isolated instrument. Uh, anyway, um, so my snare was way too loud. So we have a stereo file and a really loud snare. What do we do? Okay. So I tried just doing a multiband compressor uh, and setting it up over the mids and just like having it chop off once it, once it, the snare is the loudest kind of thing. It didn't really help. I could just pull down those frequencies with an EQ, but then that fucks up the whole mix. So what can we do? So my idea was I bounced the snare from the, the project file, just the snare. Okay. Put it into the master file. Flip the phase, mm. took the snare right out. Fucking worked perfectly. Just phase cancel, nice. just the snare right out. And as we turn down the phase cancel, the phase flip snare, the snare comes back. So once, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I could like literally level it by yeah. turning it down. It gets louder. And dude, it worked perfectly. So a little fucking gem. Um, I'm sure anyone could have figured that out. And when I was trying it, I'm like, this ain't going to work. Something's going to get fucked up because phase is such a bitch. But no, dude, it sounds perfect. Well, that's what, um, that's what Soothe does, isn't it? Uh, not really. Um, I'm well, not super familiar. I'm not super familiar with I used it. But to that's I'll, I'll tell you what it does. Um, technically, it kind of is using phase cancellation because when you think about it, any EQ is just phase canceling what you take out, right? right yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure on that. Uh, what Soothe does is Soothe recognizes uh resonances mm -hmm. and so it's a it's a very very dynamic dynamic eq where you set it over kind of like a wide band or over the whole thing or whatever but you set a band and it's kind of counterintuitive but the more you turn that band up the more it'll cut into that specific frequency stuff and you'll see it the visual looks like this yeah. it's all moving around it's just cutting out frequencies for you very dynamically it'll move around it'll cut a bunch of stuff yeah so, soothe is very interesting it's very cpu intensive 
But um, a lot of times you just throw it on and it just makes a mix sound better. Yeah. I, I think the way I use Soothe is I just go through presets. And a little tip with Soothe is there is a mix knob in that plugin. And the mix knob can be very useful where you turn up Soothe to work at kind of a ridiculous level and then turn down the mix to like 50% or something like that. Mm. I've gotten pretty good results doing that as opposed to just doing 100%. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I was super proud to figure out that snare thing because now I'm like super happy with that song. And that song is a super... It, it, it's pretty unique. Um, it's like, it's one of those like Fred again, kind of like crying in the club kind of songs. You know what I mean? I put, uh, I, it's not an ex's voicemail, but it was a text message that she sent me. And for an artistic thing I was doing when I was doing the open mic at Tara, just for like a song transition, I sent that text in to five, uh, to a girl who worked on Fiverr, uh, who did like voiceovers. And I had her read it just so I could get that like in a girl's voice. And I ended up like putting that in the song. Like I got a lot of shit going on. My voice is on it on like some voicemail shit. I hate it. I think it sounds super cheesy, but I'm just kind of rolling with it because of course I'm going to hate it. You know what I mean? Like who knows what it yeah. sounds like to other people. Maybe it sounds like shit. I don't know, but I'm rolling with it. The song's already made. Uh, so it's it's me. I like it. Spirit. Yeah, I, I did show you that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got to put a name on it. It's still called my file name. Do you guys have like stupid ass file names for your songs? Yes. As an experimental <laughs> All of electronic musician. Oh boy, do I. <laughs> so I take, I, uh, my philosophy, my, not my, my method for naming all my projects, like little music projects, exact same as what um, Denmouse said he does, which is like, he'll just look at something in the room and be like, yep, that's, that's pretty cool. much what I do. That's exactly what I do. I have a beat called Payday because yeah. I was looking at like a Payday bar wrapper on the table or something. Yep. I have a beat called... What else? I have some other really goofy ones. Um, I have one called now i'm blanking on it what's the shaker one called that one's like that one was originally yes. called it had a cool name at first it was called um skull crusher for no reason yeah oh, for the skull shaker skull yeah, yeah but it was called skull crusher yeah. Yeah. and then i changed it to at the desk at the yeah i just called it at the desk yeah because i've just made it on the spot at the desk and we were recording it at the desk and so all my stuff is something simple like that i have one called sub salad yeah, uh, cool I'm pretty sure I'm gonna make that song called "No Better Way" because, like, in that in that in that uh, like text message voicemail thing, the girl at one point says like, "There's no better way than whatever you know, mm. goes on." Um, so I think I'm just gonna name it that because it, you know, maybe if you listen to the whole song and you hear that, it'll kind of give you like a little yeah. jolt of like <laughs> yeah, the thing, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah literally. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I number all my projects, so like all my projects have like a number after them. So oh, one of my songs that's kind of in my bank of like maybe releases so, is called Decade because it was my hundredth song, which oh, makes no fucking sense at all because Decade is ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but did, so do you number them based on release or number them just in by order that you made them? Yeah, by by when I made them. So, so the so numbers are out of order when they release too? Like you should have... Well, I take the number ones. off of the, off oh, the name. Oh, it'd be cool if you left them in, honestly. Uh, some of them I do leave them in. Like there's one I have right now that I'm definitely releasing and uh, the I named it Oceans for no reason and it was 107. Mm. And the song is just like, like lo-fi house, like kind of like tech lo-fi house. Sorry to be that guy with all these like uh, brands of music. I know, like it's super pretentious. Fucking genres. I know, dude. Genres are so exhausting. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been yeah. playing a lot of poker lately. Like one of the Kava bars is doing like this like five dollar poker thing, um, and it's super fun. I've just been playing a shitload of poker. I'm actually going to someone's house to play after this. And uh, yeah, Ocean's Eleven was like a sick movie, mm. and uh, so I'm probably just gonna leave it as like Ocean's One Hundred Seven and have my uh, friend who's an artist make me like some like poker chips or something on a on a piece of art and like run run with it i don't know dude. like i think it sounds kind of cool um so yeah the the number thing is actually i 
I recommend it because it's cool to be able to like go through and see and like place things when you like listen back to stuff that you've made. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is number 19. So this is old as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I like it. And also since your fucking file names are so random, like as we all do, and you fucking forget one, if it's not in your recents for whatever reason, it's gone. Dude. Yeah. It's gone. But, that's, <laughs> that's, but see, that's part of the reason why I do it is on purpose. Cause my file name thing is all work on a track, you know, whatever. And then enter. <laughs> you know, and but then I'll do that until I have like, you know, 20, 30, you know, these sketch projects or whatever. And then when I get sick of one, I'll just sort through all of them until I find one that just inspires me. I'll work on that one and for, work a on it for a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Get bored of that. Do the same thing. And like, then after a while. like working on XYZ 11 at symbol question mark today. <laughs> no, well, well, AIDS, Booger AIDS. XX underscore shoddy snipes. Well, that's the funny thing is because after a while, like I'll boil it down to like 10 projects that are like actually fleshed out or fleshed out a bowl and I'll asterisk those and then at that point once I start working on those enough my brain just starts registering these strings of letters and numbers and symbols as like actual words like empty the code incomprehensible like do not like, do this people like, yeah, let no. him be with this problem is <laughs> yeah but 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 then you know when it comes time to actually putting the song out I just you know just like you do get rid of all that and at that point I will usually just like either make up a word or use like a cool foreign word yeah, I think known. if any, if I release any of the things that I worked on, I'm just gonna keep it as the dumb name I gave it because really? that's, that's what I'm. Th that's what I know it as. Yeah, I mean, in electronic music, and honestly, yeah, I, I think you're about to say what I'm about to say too. It doesn't matter. It's electronic. There's no lyrics on it, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What if I have, call, lyrics, I would say in that case, it matters even more depending on what you want the person to get out of it, because it's one thing to like you know do an Autech or an Aphex Twin and just name the the song the hardware that you use to make the track. Yeah, complete with zero pretense. Versus, okay, you know, maths. Yeah, yes, exactly. Versus, you know, <laughs> sorry, I like, forgot that myself. <laughs> like a funny. name That's that a good example for this. A name that would otherwise, like, what the fuck, like Nvidia. What am I? What about that song is supposed to make? Why am I thinking about graphics cards, Cilicant. video games when I'm listening to this to the song now? Coelacant. Exactly. Why is this fish? fish. Well, yes, exactly. Why is this fish in my head now? Right. You know, and so it kind of primed, you know, naming your song. A whole other skill to like come up with names like that. Like I think Flume yeah. fucking nailed it, Dude. bro. Like Flume's music sounds like the word Flume. It fucking <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Like so good. I think um, Marshmallow fits that too. Uh, yeah. It. His sound yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. Sounds like rainbows and marshmallows. And that's like a whole branding thing. Stuff. And it's like, yeah. dude, music production. Is he a plant? Who? Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure his name was dot com before he did Marshmallow. I think and that's like the rumor. And I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. Was that I might him? be wrong. I'm sorry. What was that him? Was that confirmed? I, I heard that. I'm pretty rumor. sure it was. I mean, I could be spitting some bullshit right now. So, you know, you get it here first, folks. Marshmallows.com. Confirmed. He did, he, he, he did a rebrand where it's like he wore a helmet and made him way more recognizable and changed his name. And it's like, bro, it fucking worked out. He'd probably be playing the same music if he was still dot com. I prefer you know? the Marshmallows Tiesto rumor personally. But <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> my my um. speaking of name schemes, name like naming stuff, this podcast Ghost on the Ox. Yeah. The name for this came about, I think it's like naming stuff is so funny because sometimes you'll try and think really hard about what's an appropriate name for something, but then something comes up that you would have never thought of that fits perfect. And how that name, rarely happens to me. That, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, what happened? Well, it's rare, but it ha it can happen. And that's happened with this show, with the podcast. So when my buddy Kevin and I were thinking about doing a podcast and what we wanted it to be about, our whole thing was 
we can't, we're not celebrities. We're not like known people. So we can't just make a show about nothing and expect people to be into it. We had to like, our approach at first was to like think of a niche to fit in to like draw those particular people. And so we were trying to think of, um, he also produces music and we were both at the time kind of in a memified way, kind of into like paranormal stuff. Um, and he had on his phone, uh, this like, it's, it's gimmick, you know, it's whatever it's, who knows how real it is. This like, um, ghost, uh, what do you call it? EVP? EVP? Yeah. E electromagnetic. Yeah. EMF. 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 Yeah. Electromagnetic finder. So it was some kind of like, yeah, it was some, some kind of like ghost app on his phone. And we were hanging out in his garage, smoking and hanging out. He'd play music on his Alexa and we were letting that app just run in the background. And every like 30 seconds or so, it would spit out a word or two uh, of like whatever is it supposedly picking up from the spirits, you know? Um, in reality, I think it's just radio frequencies. It's picking up. I don't even know. It's on a phone. It's on like an iPhone. Yeah. It's an app. Yeah. Well, there's real, like there's real versions of that. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. But the, the phone app is just for fun. It's, I don't take, nobody takes it seriously. It's just for fun. But, and that's why we had it playing. Cause it was just silly. Um, it was like a, when the conversation would get dull, it would say something. We're like, Oh, you, the ghosts are thinking about asparagus now, you know? <laughs> so like, um, what happened was we were like trying to think of what music to play. And then we asked the spirits, like, oh, what do you want to play right now? And then literally in that moment, it said something. I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. But it said something. And then we looked at each other, like, oh, shit, the ghost's on the ox right now. Uh, yeah. The ghost. On- I like it. I- that is lore. That's it is deep- lore. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then that's, and then our niche was going to be crossroads of music and paranormal. Paranormal stuff. Ghost on the ox. I'd, I'd love to it share just a ghost story for- with you guys. Please, because. Right after you go. The bathroom, because I'm ahead. dying right now. Yeah. I'm going to force this to be edited out. <laughs> yeah, that's getting edited out. It has to, has to be. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, that ghost story. Yeah, uh, I was. Please, let's wrap this up with a ghost story because that's actually a bit of a gimmick on this show is we like, I always ask the guests, what experiences do you have with, with aliens, the paranormal, oh, visions man. of the I guess we future, nailed it. Anything. Like, sure, so I got a cool one. Um, I'm in middle school. Uh, I was really into Ghost Hunters at the time. Uh, the legitimacy of that show remains to be found out. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Dubious. At best. <laughs> That's cool. dubious. That's great. So, yeah, I was super into the show. Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, know that. No, that was just, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so we go, uh, we take a middle school field trip to St. Augustine, which is notoriously kind of like a ghosty town in, uh, in Florida. Um, and there's a big lighthouse in St. Augustine. It's kind of like one of the main attractions. So we stay the night over there. We do a ghost tour, super lame, really boring, even for my like gullible ass. It was like really stupid. So then we're leaving St. Augustine and we stop the lighthouse on the way home. We go up the lighthouse, we go down. Our tour guy's name is Paul. We go in the lighthouse keepers. Um, what's it called? Uh, we go into his house and we check that out. We're getting back on the bus and Paul goes, oh, by the way, guys, watch Ghost Hunters tonight at seven. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay, sure, right? So I get home and I turn it on at seven. And sure enough, the fucking ghost hunters drive all the way from California over to St. Augustine and they show up at the St. Augustine lighthouse and fucking Paul is there on TV, right? <laughs> Super cool. So, um, you know, he's telling him like, yeah, this place is like mad haunted. And I'm like, no fucking way. I was there that day that I'm watching this on TV. 
And so, you know, they go up and down the lighthouse. They're seeing so much shit. They're seeing like. So they're going all the same places you had just been. I was there that day. Yeah. And they're seeing like a white lady at the fucking top of the, like a, like a, like white as in like a ghost, Mm. like at the top of the stairs. Um, And it's a spiral staircase, right? It's a lighthouse. And they're seeing like activity at like this point. And so they put a flashlight behind it, like above it on the, on the, on the, on the staircase. And then they walk up like towards it. And then like, they see like a shadow go in front of the, of the, uh, flashlight so like i haven't really experienced many ghosts but like that scared the fucking shit out of me when i was a kid because i was like that motherfuckers came home with me man they're here with me right now there's no way they did it well it's extra spooky that you were just there that that day and i was also in school so i was like that gullible like (laughs) no that's yeah so that that's definitely the best ghost story i'm i've always kind of approached paranormal and what's a better word because i want to encompass like Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. Supernatural slash paranormal. I've always approached all that stuff from like a I'm skeptical, but I hope it's real type of thing. Just because I think it's fascinating and interesting. And I feel like whether there's so many people with stories that it can't be entirely fake, any of it, because there's some kind of whether it's a trick of their mind or something, there is something that's like a common thread that is real amongst everybody's experiences. And I want to like, I'm interested in like hearing out people's stories because of that. Because like, I same thing with like religion too, like with people's beliefs and stuff, because all of it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just fascinating. Yeah. And I'm very like, I'm not, I try not to be quick to shut down something. Even if it sounds a little far-fetched, mm-hmm. I want to hear it out. Cause I've had a couple of really weird experiences um i've told this story in the podcast a couple of times so i'll just tell you off air sure people have already heard it <laughs> but i've had a couple of my own experiences that were weird that felt out of my control so it makes me f- sympathize for any everybody else who's had something similar you know yeah yeah i haven't had too many experiences that one really freaked me out that i've seen some crazy <laughs> shit on the internet of course but like i mean whatever <laughs> only paranormal experience that i've had was seeing a drawer open that can be jarring. It was. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, you say it like that and it's like, yeah, you know, whatever, the, the, but. The, the, I guess the thing that makes me remain skeptical about all of it, like keeping that skepticism like healthy, is the fact that there's very few pieces of like hard evidence of any of it. All of it is either easily faked online, very easily, or just word of mouth that somebody can make up or it can get twisted through like the telephone game or you know yeah yeah so it's an exciting topic so it's hard to take anything for face value yeah. you know but i hope it would i hope i kind of hope it's real like you know for i don't know why i hope it's real but i just think i just there's <laughs> just, just to like break up the mundaneness of life. yeah like, <laughs> like bro imagine how like many like world religions would just collapse overnight and implode if like ghosts were proven oh to yeah be right well i mean a lot thing. of religious people would think yeah. that completely confirms their religion i'm pretty sure most religions probably have some form of afterlife well they do yeah so it's like but i think i think there's other religions probably that would be like the i guess what more what i'm getting at is the interpretation Every like religion has so many different interpretations, and then within the religion, there's even subsex interpretations of afterlife and all this stuff. But if we had hard evidence of something happening for real, there'd be so many that would feel like, "Yo, what the fuck happened in Miami? Do you guys remember that?" 
Oh, the uh, the alien. Yeah, there was like thing. an alien in the mall, dude. I heard about shadow it. aliens. Shadow like, aliens. Yeah, what? I did. Shadow I wizard money game. I didn't look up anything because I was like, this is so big that this news will just come to me through like my normal YouTube channel. And it didn't. And nothing. I didn't hear another yeah. thing about it. Yes. Yeah, dude. There was like a few weeks ago, something like a hundred cops at the fucking Miami mall or some shit like that. I'm making up the so, number, but so so there was two story. I I don't know the final outcome, but there were two simultaneous stories going on when that broke, and it was. Like conflicting stories, mm-hmm. the 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 like very quick spreading rumor was people spotted like shadow beings around this mall, and they're scared and confused. And then a hello cop showed up, and then the other inter- the other story that happened at the same time was actually no, there was no shadow beings. It was some teenagers were like causing trouble at this mall or whatever, and that alerted police. <laughs> But then, I mean, but that that can happen. But then yeah. the the far fetched part of that was the fact that the police sh- like it was like hundreds of cop cars for what, like it was like yeah. enough cops to like quell a riot. Like maybe, why? Maybe, maybe they had guns. Maybe the aliens have guns. <laughs> Our guns don't work on them, so we need more guns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the shadow people have guns. That's an album title right there. Yeah, the shadow. And they're unregistered. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you no know, shadow people and they're unregistered fire game, fire fire. Oh, what else is new? I keep my gat like my hypercam unregistered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's as as strong a closing line as yeah. any. <laughs> shadow people with guns, everybody. Um yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's super fun. Uh, I've never done a podcast before, well, but I mean, you were a great good conversation. Yeah, this you're a, a great talker. Yeah, uh, thank you. You know, how, you I know, slight ADHD. So this is like my fucking good. This is my bread and butter, man. Because <laughs> you, you you would be you might well you may be surprised at how many people actually like struggle to like not be entertaining, like because that's like its own thing. Yeah, but just talk. Like yeah, elaborate on things, you know, mm-hmm. like conversate. Because yeah. there's so many people that I guess I don't know if it's a combination of personality and the fact that they're being recorded. It's it's so much probably the recording, dude. Recording Maybe. is such a bit. Yeah. Like, but like there's so many people. Um, well, I mean, I feel like I experience it in real life too. Uh, uh, where there's some people it's just hard to talk to because they give you like one word, two word, three word answers to every yeah. single oh, thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then they do the exact same thing when you record it, and you have to like talk extra to draw stuff out of them anyways all that to say i talk too much that's why i do this <laughs> um it's fitting do you have last final thing do you have anything coming up you want to plug promote where uh, yeah social sure. media also so like, yeah uh my, my i go by the name pedal days so it's that that's a uh, pedal days d-a-z-e and pedal like flower pedal so we're talking p-a-t-e-l right p-e-a-l <laughs> I, I, I don't even know it, it's definitely pedal days like yeah. flower pedal and then d-a-z-e um, anyway, yeah, so it's that on everything. It's Pedal Days Music on Instagram. It's Pedal Days on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the hell. Links will be in the description. Yeah, that'd be helpful. I'll, Thank you. I'll throw something on screen too, uh, yeah. probably. I'm going to be releasing a song pretty soon here called Sorry that I'm, I'm super proud of. Um, and it's like definitely leaning more into the lo-fi style, which I'm super happy to like kind of go more of that direction since I, you know, claim that so much. And then like low-key stray from it a lot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, definitely leaning into that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I DJ at these cobble bars around here every once in a while. So uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I, I'm always like posting about like where I'll be and whatnot. So yeah. Do you have a set like 
place like uh, not a residency. Uh, like I definitely that, play. I played Island little... Roots Stewart a lot. Okay. Um, that's definitely like my main gig. Uh, if they you're stopped, in the area, come out. Yeah, they stopped doing their uh, live music Saturdays, which kind of blows because that was kind of like one of my main gigs. Um, but usually, if they're doing an event and I can be there and I'm not working, I'm pretty much booked. Like I'm, I'm really good friends with the uh, the manager there. She's cool. super nice. So, yeah. Awesome. So oh, yeah, right thanks, thanks for having me, guys. This is super fun. Awesome. Final words. No. <laughs> Bye, guys. In the context of, I appreciate that I'm not under investigation. Uh, anyway, you're fired.